Welcome, welcome yet again to The Sharp Way. I'm here another awesome Monday morning, morning, evening, wherever the hell you're watching this show. <laughs> I am here for an important two hours, the most important two hours of your week. Yes, you must watch all of it. You must listen to all of it. It's that critical. Uh, yet again, and I have an amazing, awesome guest, as I always do. I have a man who is uh, an NRA board member, an entrepreneur, a firearm specialist, and the, and the host of the Gun for Hire radio program, the man himself, Anthony Calandro. How are you, sir? Good. Very very well, uh, Larry. Thank you for having me on the show. It's an honor and a pleasure. I've been following you for the past two years now, hooked up by our buddy Manny here. I endorsed you when you were running for... Uh, the mayor of New York City, and I got a lot of positive feedback for that, believe it or not. That's amazing, because I was not running for the mayor of New York City, oh, you so were that's awesome. the governor. I'm I was, sorry. the governor, yes. Close enough. It's good. No, I'll take Close any enough. endorsement I can get. All good. No, no, that's right. no argument You were running against Harpo Cuomo. That's I correct. That. I was working running against Cuomo. I was. Yes, and you know, one of the things about you that I like is you are a person of color, and you are unabashedly pro-2A, and that is not a common thing. Well, I'm 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 not a real person of color. I'm half Italian and half United Nations. But That's person of color. Yeah. Okay. Well, I <laughs> thought right. white wasn't a color. Uh, I don't know. Well, in the gun industry, I am colorblind. If you were to visit my range on any given day, uh, it looks like a cross between uh, the United Nations and Noah's Ark. That's what I noticed, right? So that's why I put you in that arc. Okay. Because I see who you know to to maybe a good pun. I see who you bang with. Exactly. And when I Good see pun. who you bang with, it makes me feel like you are in that world. That's where you are, and you kind of understand that. And the question I want to bring up is, I mean, you may know, maybe you don't. Why in the world are so many people of color either anti-2A, ignorant-2A, don't care, scared, all those things? Well, first of all, you have the issue that all gun control is racist, so you have, if you any any uh, town that has a high population of minorities, you'll find the police departments are not agreeable when they go and apply for a permit. They run them through hoops. They ask for unnecessary paperwork. If you take that to a neighborhood that tends to be a bedroom community and mostly white, uh, their permits are very easy process. Uh, police chiefs will even deliver their permits to their house. Is that right? Oh, yeah. You get it on a platter. For sure. Oh, I like that. And then we have 40, 50 years of media indoctrination. Every time they portray a law-abiding gun owner, it's always a fat white hillbilly with either camo or flannel, suspenders, a big beard, and I like to say summer teeth, some mm. over here and some over there, sure. <laughs> right? And we're all portrayed as racist, sexist, misogynist, and every other ist. But to be fair to imagine. those summer teeth people, not all of them are racist either. No, the majority aren't. It's the media indoctrination mm -hmm. that we all wear our KKK hoods and burn uh, crosses on lawns when we're not shooting guns. Mm -hmm. I get people coming into my range all the time, and I'll, I'll talk to them on their way in and on their way out. 
I had a African-American woman tell me, your staff wasn't as fat as I thought they would be. Wow. Look at how she was thinking about that. Look at what her preconceived notion or her narrative was before she walked into your facility. Correct. And she complimented how clean the bathrooms were and how friendly the staff. See, now my calling is that if I could get these New York metropolitan people into my range that have been indoctrinated, after an hour or two in my place, I've changed the narrative. Most of them are not going to leave and join the NRA and become gun owners. But if they walk out of my range neutral mm -hmm. to what gun owners are really like, to me, that's a win. Oh, my God. You have hit exactly what I've been talking about forever, right? As I cross New York State, and I'm sorry to jump in, but you have, you've just... You just turn the button on, right? You push the button. It's your show. Yes, you, uh, but it's important. You're important too here, okay? Yes. Um, so that you push the button that I hit so much. When I talk to gun owners, particularly in upstate New York, particularly in that area, they often say, you know, these damn city people don't understand us and they need to love guns like us. And I say, no, they don't. They need to just be neutral. They need to just not try to stop you. Right? There are certain communities that simply don't want to have a lot of firearms in their communities. And I'm okay with that. But then why would they stop those who want them? Mm -hmm. Right? Why would you stop the person who wants to exercise their right? The Second Amendment is, is not a requirement. It's a right that you can exercise if you want to or not. And I found so many people who, because they feel so attacked, they think the only way is to convert. Right? They can't imagine the other way is simply to go, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. You have your community the way you want to have yours. I'll have mine the way I have mine. And if I want to go out and have a firearm, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a critical aspect that we've kind of lost almost across the country in many aspects, but particularly this one. You're either, I have to buy 45 firearms or all firearms are evil and put everyone in Joe has one. And there's nothing in between. And I think we have to stop that mindset of being like, look, I don't own a firearm. And I was the only gubernatorial candidate who was pro 2A. I don't know if I, I live in New York City, right? For me to get a firearm is tough. And if I get one, I'm probably going to jail anyway for making some mistake that I won't even know I'm making. So why would I do that, right? But a lot of people want it. So why would I stop them? So I think it, it, I, I often say for someone who is not in an in a urban center that may or may not want you know, gun laws the same as you, let's start with apathy and then move to maybe more acceptance. So let's start with apathy. And the example I'll often give is, as, as I told you earlier when we were speaking, I was in the Marine Corps for many years. And I tell this story a lot, but I, I, I need to land. Some of the time I was in the Marine Corps was in intelligence. And we did some counterintelligence training back and forth. And it was a story they once told us when we were talking about uh, interrogation and such. The story they told us was about an army officer who was caught in, uh, North, in North Korea during the Korean War. The Chinese had come across the border and they had actually captured him. And he was being interrogated by Chinese interrogators. And at this point, it's the 50s. It's the height of the Cold War. Communism is the right answer, right? All that stuff. And this army officer was exactly what you would think is a stereotype. He was a West Pointer from the Northeast, wealthy kid. All the stuff you imagine a stereotype, he was that. So the, the Chinese interrogator is telling him. And, and by the way, he tells this story in the 80s. So it's about 30 years afterwards when he tells the story. He's being interviewed. And he says he still remembers the story. He's like, the Chinese interrogator came in telling him how awesome communism is and this is the way of the future and all these things. And the officer looks at the, at the interrogator and says, you've got to be kidding me, right? I'm wealthy. I come from a wealthy family. When this war is over, 
I go back to my wealthy family, right? And life is good and I love capitalism. And the Chinese, and then he says, I'm never going to think communism is good. And the Chinese interrogator says, I don't have to make you think that, that Chinese communism is good. That's not my goal. My goal is just to make you think that your way isn't perfect. And then you'll leave Korea. And that's the only goal. The only goal they had. Wow. Your way isn't perfect. You'll leave Korea. They don't care. The, the Chinese and Koreans didn't care if America became communist. They wanted them to leave Korea. That was it. That was their goal. Get out of Korea, we win. That's all they wanted to do. So their goal was just to get the officer corps to go, is this worth fighting? And then leave. In the long run, that's how we lost Vietnam. Correct. Right? In the long run, that's how we lost Vietnam. The American <coughs> people said, is this really worth fighting? Wow. And we didn't support and left. So they were right. So I said the same thing when it comes to 2A. Just get the people who hate, hate, hate guns and think it's not racist, but it's for our safety to just think, maybe my ways are not perfect. And they'll leave us alone. Word, that's true. I'm sorry, did I go too deep on you? No, no that's no. exactly. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I, I follow that mantra. Like, like I said, I want people to leave neutral. I want to change the narrative. I want to show them that we're, we're safe and responsible and let them enjoy it. And a lot of people are bucket listers. You know, they come mm, one time. Yes. Next week, they're parasailing. A week yep. later, they're skydiving, whatever they're doing. But again, just to bring them in and change, show it that it's clean and safe and friendly and we have people of color and all sexual persuasions, sure. you know? And by the way, your, your speech there, you, you sounded like you're a libertarian. Uh, yes, it sounds like I am because <laughs> I am, absolutely. And, and I know people are wondering. So unfortunately for me, I've become a single issue voter. Mm -hmm. So 99% of the time I have to vote with the Republican Party because all I care about is my Second Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. But my true political leanings, which have been on record for the past 10 years that I've had a radio show and everything is, I am a libertarian leaning towards anarchy. Look at you go. Oh okay? my God. Yes. That's where I am. Leave me alone. Yep. Mm -hmm. What you do is your business. What I do is my business. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care about your religion. I don't care. I care about your religion, but I don't, don't try to sell it to me. <laughs> yes. I don't absolutely. care yes, about yes. your sexual persuasion. Yes. I don't care who you're dating, who you're sleeping. It's none of my business. And please reciprocate. I That's love that. That's all I want. I love that. But, but unfortunately, our government takes our rights away and sells them back to us with a permit and restrictions. Every single aspect of our life. But uh, there's two things I want to bring up here. The first one is, I still want to go back to my, my first question, which I know I'm kind of bugging you about. By the way, if you want to join the program, I should have told you that. If you want to join the program, guys, come on in, join the program, give us a call. Number is 573-427-5673. Give us a call. We're happy to chat with you about this, particularly if you either are pro or anti-firearm. I'd love to hear that. And if you some other things, give me a buzz. Happy to chat with you about that. Um, but I, I want to go to the two parts. The first one is we still haven't covered why are so many people of color anti-2A, right? This part still, I remember myself as a kid, right? When I was a kid, my father was in law enforcement. He was a, a transit cop for a while, and then he became a corrections officer at Rikers Island. This is back in the 70s and 80s. And I remember he always had a firearm on his ankle. Even when he was walking out, he always had a firearm on his ankle all the time. There was always a gun in my house. There's a firearm on his ankle all the time. I remember we'd go into stores sometimes and detectives would look and ask him questions because he was black and he had a firearm on his ankle. He had to show his badge, you know, often. He had to show his badge often. Um, there'd be transit cops to show his, he had to show his badge often, right? Because 
there weren't that many black people on the force at that point in the 70s. There weren't that many. And anybody with a gun on them was an issue, right? So, yeah. and, but, but often I, there was a gun in the house all the time. Mm-hmm. I never felt afraid. I never, there was never an issue with any of that. I mean, I never felt afraid. But I did feel afraid of someone else's gun once, I remember. I remember he had a lot of cop friends. Mm-hmm. And one of his cop friends got into a fight with his girlfriend. And this is in the Bronx. I grew up in the South Bronx. And um, they kind of broke into our home as they were fighting. They were, I mean, like physically fighting. Oh, wow. And he, he pistol whipped her with, uh, with, his, with his butt of his, with his gun, broke her nose. <sighs> and I rem- that I remember. But even that, that to me was just a thing, a blunt instrument. That could have been a bat. That could have been a, a pipe. A pipe. That could have been anything. I still wasn't afraid of a gun, if that made any sense. And it always made, made, made it weird because when I went to the Marine Corps and I learned how to shoot when I was 17. First time I learned how to shoot was when I was 17. I never, I never shot till I was in the Marine Corps. Mm. And it was funny. When I went to the Marine Corps, most of the coaches there said, you've never shot? Yes, you'll be a great marksman. No bad habits to break. Correct. <laughs> so they were like, and when I became a coach, I, I, I trained it too. And when I became that, I was always like, oh, oh, you're from Kentucky? Okay, we got problems. Okay, now, now now, I gotta break you of all your bad habits. But I guess my point being of all that long story is throughout my time of dealing with firearms, I never felt afraid of them ever. But I know a lot of people who were. And the example I'll give you is I, I was in uh, Oklahoma in a Libertarian Party event in someone's home at one point. And someone took a picture. And the picture was of many people, maybe eight or nine people there. And you could see some people open carrying, mm-hmm. right? So probably there were 25 people in the room. I'm guessing it was a while ago. Probably a third that I could see were carrying. Who knows if anyone was carrying that I couldn't see. But it's the third we're carrying. And my wife saw the picture. And she went, oh, all those guns. I said, yeah. She goes, were you afraid? I said, why? It's the safest place in them to be. Mm-hmm. If someone comes to rob us, he's going to have a bad night. <laughs> that guy's going to have a bad sure. night. He's Swiss cheese. Yeah, he is going to wish he had not picked that place to rob. Yeah. He is going to have a bad night. So, again, it, I'd never felt afraid, but many did it. And my wife, just looking at it, felt afraid. Just seeing the firearm firearms that were holstered. Nobody was out brandishing them, right? They were all holstered. She felt afraid. She said it. She mentioned it. How did we get around that? Well, first of all... We I have, went too far, did I? I'm sorry. No, first of all, we have the media we have to contend with, so it always demonizes the firearm. It's called gun violence, mm-hmm. right? The second thing is, in the inner city, we have people that are discriminated upon, especially people of color, and then they have to deal with the police to go get a gun permit, and they have to fill out... Uh, paperwork and they're asked questions like they're actually criminals mm. and of course when you go to New York it's four or five hundred dollars to apply just for a premise permit right. in New Jersey it's about three hundred dollars so a lot of people are like wow there's so many traps written into the law hold on if you actually <coughs> paid the 400 bucks you still might get denied correct correct fill out one thing wrong forget something or don't have the proper need and they will reject you They also wear you down. It requires numerous visits to one police plaza, which requires you to take days off from work. So if you're a working class Joe, it's going to be quite tedious to get that permit. And you could be losing money if you're not working. Correct. Mm -hmm. So it's it's actually more than 400 bucks. It could be a thousand bucks. Correct. Maybe even more. Right. So so we've demonized the firearm. We've associated firearms with criminals. So many people in the inner cities 
feel like they're a criminal applying for a permit. They're mm-hmm. afraid like they're going to screw up and they're going to get locked up. You said that before. Absolutely. That's why I don't have one. But, I am. So they do this on purpose to, to dissuade people from applying. So then what happens is it backfires and they kind of feel like, like well, I, since I can't have it, nobody should have it. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. It has that effect. And I've had, the, I've had customers come in, inner city people. I sit down for an hour. I show them how to fill out all the paperwork. And submit it, and they'll come back to me two months later, and they'll say, I got my permit, but I was treated like a criminal. Mm-hmm. I had to wait in the station for hours. I had to be interviewed, fingerprints, references. They wanted affidavits from everyone in the house that it's okay to own a gun, illegal, by the way. These towns will just add unnecessary paperwork. And if you're an average Joe making forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 a year, are you going to hire a lawyer to fight it? Yeah, no. Right. You can't afford it. Correct. So yeah. so they do this. They wear you down. I get it all the time. A weekend doesn't go by. We have five, 600 people a day come to my range on Saturday and Sunday. What's your website, by the way? Uh, gunforhire.com. F-O-R-H-I-R-E.com. Got it. And 20 or 30 people on a Saturday will ask me, how did they get their permit? And I'll be like, where do you live? New York or New Jersey? And I'll give them my card and say, email me, and I'll send you all the instructions. I have a cut-and-paste template. Mm -hmm. Anybody listening, I will do the same for you. Like, one of the things they'll ask, why do you want a gun? If you put self-defense, you will get interrogated by two or three detectives separately. Like, are you looking to kill somebody? But if you put target shooting down, there's a better chance you won't get interviewed. Wow. Dropping gems. Yes. So so you can't put self-defense like I want to defend myself and my family as the Constitution and the Bill of Rights allows <laughs> right, me. Right, 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 right. Allows me. And and you can see I get emotional with this because yes. I get pissed off this because the stuff, second yes. is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody. It's a big tent. You know, I host these diversity shoots at my range every two months with Manny's buddy, Tony Simon. The second is for everyone diversity shoot. And he brings 50, 60 people in and, and teaches them of what the gun laws are like, and then lets everybody go in and try different guns. It's all volunteers. Nobody makes any okay. money. And we do this all the time, and I'm so passionate about it because, listen, there's 5.5 million members of the NRA. There's been 5.5 million for the past 20 years. We're saturated with fat old white guys. <laughs> the yeah. only way we're going to get to 10 million or 12 million, 12 million is to reach out of people of color and females. The but problem let, is... Let me bring that up right now. Go ahead. Because I, you know, the NRA and I don't get along. Wow. The NRA and Philando Castile didn't get along. <sighs> yes, that's a touchy subject. Yes, oh, so whole... let me touch both of them. Philando Castile was murdered, and the NRA said nothing. They remained silent on that issue. I'm not happy if, about that either. If that mm. was a white guy, the NRA would not have remained silent. That was a, a person of color who was murdered by the police, and and I felt, and I know a lot of people agree with me, they felt the NRA didn't care because of his skin color and because it was a cop who shot him. And I think mm-hmm. those two things, the Second Amendment has to be for all cops and non-cops, mm-hmm. not, not just for cops, right, mm-hmm. and for non-cops. And it's got to be for regardless of what your skin pigmentation is. It's got to be for both. And I feel like the NRA dropped the ball in both cases. Yeah. I think the majority of the ball drop was due to the fact that it was a police-involved shooting. Mm -hmm. I think if it had been two civilians, maybe. I can't speak for that. I wasn't a board member then, so I didn't have access to any of the inner workings or decision on that case. But I know I was frustrated with that, too, because he was a law-abiding citizen, and he did have a carry permit. 
and he was shot dead by a police officer. And, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. I've talked about this with Maj Ture and so many other people of color because, you know, they're afraid because black people carrying guns. It's like, what's that? They driving while, while black, yep. they call it, mm-hmm. you know police profiling or whatever mm-hmm. and like you said your dad was was a man of color and people questioned him because he had a a, a gun mm-hmm. on his side or on his ankle and i don't think of it from that perspective being a white person sure. right mm-hmm. but i'm i'm conscious of it now sure and i'm and, I, and i'm supportive of it and i think uh, i've seen leaps and bounds in the NRA in the past two years with their outreach uh, committee reaching out and getting more people of color involved. And uh, a lot of the things that that they have been doing in the inner cities, reaching out to people and broadening the reach for women. I mean, what 40% of my customers on the weekend are, are women now. I took, my, I took my wife to shoot. I told her how to shoot. That's Did she absolutely. shoot better than you? Um, it, no, she didn't. But she, I was able to get her to shoot on target in under 10 minutes. Wow. Women women yes. usually shoot better than men because they're angrier. Oh, there we go. Yes. There we go. I like that. I like that. Very good. So also if if I may I'm so sorry to add to the Philando Castillo issue, a lot of people that I've talked to that are NRA members as well, their whole defense is he was in a state where you do not have to inform an officer mm-hmm. that you are l- legally licensed to have a firearm on your person now. So they say, oh, you know, he violated that. And then the officer was telling him to stop reaching and he kept reaching. My my counsel to that is, all right, he might have violated that. I don't know how to defend against that. But at the same time, the officer asked him for his documentation. Mm-hmm. So he's already in the movement, in the in the process of grabbing. And he kept telling him, I'm not reaching for a firearm. So now, he, here's the answer. Next time someone says, well, he violated X, Y, and Z, your answer is, so he deserved to die. Wow. Yeah. I've never That's it. No. That. That's your answer. Nope. So he deserved to die. No, he did and not. And if you say, if the guy goes, yeah, you're a bad person. If you believe that he deserved to die... Because he violated uh, yeah, announcing that he had a firearm, he was being extra open, and for that he deserved to die. I'm glad no. you said that because I can't get away with that. I'm glad this is being no, recorded. No, no, I'll cause... say it straight up. That if <laughs> anyone ever tells me that, well, he violated this thing, so you think his punishment is execution in front of his child and girlfriend? Nope. That's what you believe. Nope. And I don't believe that. Nope. And the the question I bring him—it's a cop issue, not a gun issue. But the cop issue is, why the hell was that cop so damn afraid? Why was that cop on active duty? Yeah, That was a police structural problem. Mm-hmm. That cop should not have been on duty. If that cop was that afraid, that scared, that he, had, that he thought his first option was to shoot a man in a, in a, in a car with his family. Mm-hmm. Why was he so afraid? Exactly. That cop had some issues that he should not have been on. That was a structural problem. You mm-hmm. know, police don't, don't receive enough training anyway. Without question. Without question. Yeah, they, they, 100%. Th- to make split decision, you know, th- uh, split decisions in a matter of milliseconds requires a lot of training and shoot, don't shoot scenarios. They get them through the academy, they qualify twice a year, yep. 100 rounds, and they put them back out on the street. Literally, we mm-hmm. call it in Marine Corps scenario training. Yes. It is putting you through the scenarios again and again. They don't and do again that. Again and again and again. And many people don't know, back when I was in the Marine Corps, they probably still do it now, but when I was in the Marine Corps, we were still fighting the Cold War. And we were worried about chemical weapons and biological weapons and stuff like that. They used to put us through it. I'm assuming they still do it now, but they, they used to put us through a gas chamber two times a year. Oh, wow. 
so that we would always be prepared to be prepared to deal with a chemical attack. And they actually would give us, it's, it's very hard, it's, it's like extra hard tear gas, right? It's still just tear gas, it doesn't kill mm -hmm. you. But it's like extra hard tear gas that will actually burn the sides of our face. We could feel the burning. Mm. And so we could still function when we felt the burn, the tingle that would happen when you get a chemical attack, that you could still function, right? We would do that again and again and again for that reason, so that you could react in the moment the way you're supposed to react. And the cops definitely were not doing that. They weren't trained. So I think that's one part that, that bothers me. And I'm glad you at least see that. Yeah. The second thing that bothers me, per, it's a personal note for me. When I ran for governor in 2018, I was the only gubernatorial candidate who was openly a, against the SAFE Act in New York State, who won the repeal it, who was pro-2A, and the NRA refused to rate me. Did you fill out the questionnaire? Absolutely. They refused wow. to rate me. They said, because I'm third party. They wouldn't rate me. Gun owners, gun owners of America rated me. Got an A, of course. Me and my and my um, uh, lieutenant governor, who, by the way, is a militia member in Western New York. So Andrew to Hollister. A, Andrew Hollister. Hollister. Absolutely, yes. We got rated A by GOA. NRA would not even rate us. They rated instead the Republican, still behind the Republican and not me. And the Republican um, uh, lieutenant governor literally said, and you can look it up yourself. She have said this. The SAFE Act doesn't go far enough. That was the Republican Party. The Republican lieutenant so, governor. Yeah, Republican. I expect that from Democrats. That's expected. Democrats don't like 2A. I get it. They want to ban it. They want to uh, you know, amend the Constitution. I, I get that. I'm not happy about it, but I understand that. That's where they are. I got it. Republicans, you're kind of supposed to be on my side on this one. And at least in my state, they're not. Not even close. So I, maybe in New Jersey they are. I don't know New Jersey. But they sure aren't Not in New Jersey. They sure aren't in New York. That's all I'm saying. They sure aren't. So anyway, so that th those are my two issues gotcha. that I've had with the NRA. So I hope in the future, if you have some pull, you can uh, squeeze your boys a little bit. I, I <laughs> on, have on these I issues. have more pull, and if you decide to run again, I will endorse you and back you, and I will go right directly to the top of the NRA Institute for Legislative Action, and I will do whatever I possibly can. There like we I go. said, I, I like endorsed that. I endorsed you last year. Manny reached out to me. I looked you up. I'm like, okay, this is our guy. There and I'm go. from New Jersey, but I I know we need you. I appreciate it. Let me grab a quick call if I could. Yes. I'm going to talk. Uh, I'm going to New York State, which is good. Uh, most of my calls come to New York, but they go across the, uh, the country. We're going to talk to uh, Sperry in New York. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. What is going on? Talk to me. Well, what I wanted to ask or talk to you about was a recent Democratic legislature um, passed the bail reform law, mm -hmm. which many criminals now do not get bail time or anything. They're let loose on appearance tickets. And what I am thinking is, in fact, there was a, a local case where um, it's very local to me, where a woman was assaulted and choked in her own home, and this young man who's a very well-known, not-so-great young man got let loose on an appearance ticket. And according to the law, I guess they can be given the names of the people that press charges against them also. So what happens when people are so fed up with this that they start taking the law into their own hands Gun owners that are legal, is this like a ruse that Governor Cuomo is using to take our guns away in New York State? I don't think so. Um, to be full with you, this is a New York issue, but you may have heard of it. Um, there's, there was a bail reform law that that was enacted this year. I think it was January. Yeah, January. I think it was January. And what? Right, it was January. 
What I believe happened, let me give you my, my point on the law and what I think happened and, and what's supposed to happen. I think the people who put the bail reform law into action didn't act when it was a bill, before it was a law, didn't get that there's no more Republican Party in New York State. And they could just put the bill in and it would get rubber stamped. I think they assume that it will be fought back and forth in the assembly, which is what has been happening for decades, literally, right? So in a in negotiation, they put everything they want in the bill and then it goes to the assembly. You fight back and forth. You get the chunks that you can accept that the Republicans can accept and it becomes law. This time, if you know what happened, they put it out, boom, done. It went right through rubber stamped because now whatever his majesty, King Andrew the first, uh, sorry, the second says, boom, is law. So I think that's why you've noticed even some Democrats are asking to bring it back, if you've noticed that. Many Republicans are, of course, but even some Democrats are. And I think the reason is there wasn't the back and forth in the assembly that should have been. I think that is going now because there are some flaws in the bill. Mm -hmm. So I think there will be lots of flaws in the bill. I think there will be a back and forth. Sadly, I think that back and forth will have to happen in the court system out in in New York State. I think that's what's going to happen. There's going to be some rulings. There's going to be some decisions on what we can and cannot do. So I think there were some issues. The idea of bail reform, though, is awesome. Mm -hmm. I am very happy that we have bail reform. Bail reform has happened in most states in the United States, and it has not, what you've said, has not happened in any of those cases. So as a general rule, that doesn't happen. This may be special, which is why I think we need to watch it, because it might be special. But I think, generally speaking, bail reform is a good thing. If someone, and what, what bail reform is supposed to be for, which I'm not sure this actually works the way our law is written, But the way it's supposed to work is anyone who is accused of a crime and it's their first time, if it's nonviolent, why are you getting locked up? Right? That's what's supposed to happen. I think in certain cases that is not happening, though. Which is why I think we have to work on that. But that's why we have to work on that over over the course of the next year. I think this will shake out over the course of the next six months to a year. That's my opinion. But I don't think it's a gun issue at all. I think that is secondary. And if His Majesty finds a way to take guns because of it, I think he will. But I don't think that was the goal. Can I chime in on something? Please, here? go ahead. Yeah. So, Sperry, here's another thing. They they went a little too far with the bail reform uh, in New York because they took all of the judicial power away from the judges. So now they've created pretty much a uh, <clears throat> two-branch government. Just so you know, it's executive and legislative branch because the judges are forced now to follow this law. They're releasing people that are arrested 45 times. So the judges should have some leeway uh, in bail reform. There should be an outline, but the law took all of the leeway away. The judges look and go, oh, this guy was arrested for shoplifting uh, and assault. Release him. But he's been arrested 86 times beforehand. It should apply for someone for the first time arrest. Mm-hmm. But they're applying. They, they're, they can't break the law. They, they put the law. They took the, all the judiciary disciplinary action and decision making away from the judges where even the judges are complaining. So they just they bit off more than they can chew with this. Mm-hmm. It needs to be readdressed and the bill needs to be written to a different law. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. I think you're going to find that happen. I, I think you see it. Enough people are even like if it was only Republicans complaining, it wouldn't because in this state, no one cares about Correct. Republicans. So if it was only Republicans complaining, they would just ignore it and go shut up Republicans. We don't care. But since Democrats are also complaining, I do think it's going to happen. I'm just what I what I think is I don't think it's going to go back into the assembly. I think they're going to have judges actually make rulings on it, which will adjust it from there. Gotcha. That's what I believe is going to happen. I could be wrong, 
but that's what I think is going to happen. Spray, did I answer your question? Well, I hope so, because a lot of the sheriff, local sheriffs and stuff are very upset about this, because there have been some very nasty cases that have happened in the past few weeks because of this. Yeah, don't and get me wrong. Just being left free, and it's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. I mean, one is an animal abuse case, as I, as I stated before. The other one was this man who choked a woman, assaulted her in her home, her own home, and got left, set free. You know, the, and there was another rape case. I mean, you just can't do this to people and not get punished for it and set free. No, remember though. I mean, the, the, this there are mo, the vast majority of arrests though are nonviolent, right? The vast, the vast majority, majority of arrests are not the violent. The ones that are there, but the ones that are violent, people are going to start taking it into their own hands. If it, and I hope you're right. I hope it is addressed. But it's a lot of concern for a lot of people. Well, I, I actually hope two things happen. The first thing is I hope it's addressed. And I think it will be, again, because even Democrats in New York are talking about yes. this, right? So that's why I do believe it'll be it'll be addressed. If it was just Republicans, Cuomo has been very clear. He does not care about conservatives in his state. He does not care about Republicans. He will ignore. That's what Cuomo will do. But if it's also oh, Democrats, I think he's going to have to react. So I think it will be done. But the second piece. I hope it gets more people who become a little bit afraid to be a bit more pro 2 way, to be a bit mm-hmm. more concerned Absolutely. about getting their own firearms and defending themselves. I think there could be in the long run, not short run, obviously, but in the long run, this could be a very positive bill. I like your statement that you said earlier about if I want a gun, I want a gun. If you don't want one, you don't want one. Yeah, Absolutely. That's your business and my business. Absolutely. Your business and my business. Yes. And I think that's a great statement, and it's gotten way beyond, way out of control. Absolutely. It's either somebody's way or my way. Yes. You know, and, and I think you're right. I think you're right. I want a gun. You don't want a gun. That's fine. Mm-hmm. 100%. Just leave me alone. And the, sounds and the, like a libertarian. And the glory of this peace, believe <laughs> that, and this, this actually was one of my answers for school shootings, right? People talk about school shootings, and my answer when I was running for governor was to change no laws. None, not add a law, not add anything. People people on the left said, make gun-free law zones and more gun laws. People on the right said, put put um, resource officers in every school. And I said, both are a bad idea, right? If we make gun-free zones, now there's still soft targets. And so yep. now they're still shooting. If we put resource officers, they plan these things, they shoot them first. Mm-hmm. Instead, very simple, Absolutely. a very simple rule, very simple. If you own a firearm, leave the license to carry it, and you want to, and you are either a teacher or an administrator, you may if you want to. That's it. People said, Larry, you're yep. arming teachers. No, I'm not. You don't, if, you don't, if you feel uncomfortable bringing your firearm into a school, don't. No worries. Up to you. If you feel okay doing it, and here's what it does. Now the shooter can't plan. Kills the element of surprise. He oh, no, d- it creates the element of surprise. Correct. The Important. shooter doesn't know who's who's packing and who's not. Is nobody packing? Is everybody packing? Is the janitor <laughs> packing? Is the, is the principal? I don't know. You sound like me. I've been saying the same thing for 10 years. Yes. You now don't know. It's <clears throat> yeah. now a hard target. But but gun-free zone signs, they think they work. So what I did was I put uh, coronavirus-free signs all around my house. There we go. So <laughs> I, I don't have to worry you about You are now safe. <laughs> See? You are now safe. Yep. Yes. I love that. Nobody will come near I you. I love that. Yes. Oh, I love that. Good. I should put debt debt collector free zone around my house. Maybe I don't have to pay my bills. <laughs> so it's even better. So, Sperry, thank you so much. Well, thank you for 
for answering my question. All righty. Have a great night. And it's amazing. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Because that's a piece of legislation that obviously was not a revised properly proofread. It was just thrown out. No, I think it was, uh, again, most of them, for those of you who don't know how it has worked in the past in New York State, they put up a bill and everyone fights over it. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, Democrats always had a, some kind of fight in the assembly in the past. So they'd put up everything they wanted. Republicans would fight and Republicans would say, we're your opposition. So we pulled out three things. See, we're strong. They're not. But they would say that, tell <laughs> their constituents how strong they are because they pulled something out. That doesn't exist in New York State anymore. Mm-hmm. Clean sweep in 2018. Supermajority like California. Clean sweep yeah. in, in New York State. There's That doesn't happen anymore. So now when Democrats say, we want this bill, everyone goes, okay, <laughs> that's it, done. His Majesty's will is enforced. Very simple. So I'm going to get a question if I could from the internet. A couple people are um, asking. Hold on one second. Um, guns for hire is great. Went there for my 25th birthday. Nice. Look at that. Thank Good. you. All right. Um, also, what are your thoughts on the National Firearms Act? NFA. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That what are goes, your thoughts? That goes way back. I'm totally against the yes. NFA, the National Firearms Act. We shouldn't be registering anything. I am a true libertarian, and I'm a constitutionalist when it comes to guns. I think I should be able to own anything I want, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't have to register it. Uh, I've answered that questionnaire for uh, Ammo Land and a few others where I'm totally against the National Firearms Act. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to repeal it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. All we have left in this country, just like Larry was talking about the supermajority in New York, all we have left is the judicial branch in this country. Bloomberg, Soros, other special interests and their ilk have bought our legislators lock, stock, and barrel. They vote. All of our legislators in this country should wear NASCAR-style jackets with their sponsors. Yes. Okay? (laughs) At least you know what you're voting for. Correct. Absolutely. Yes. And so all we have left is the judiciary and... This, we have cases before the Supreme Court right now but and the lower courts, but unfortunately, it's painstakingly slow. Mm-hmm. It's like watching grass grow in slow motion, but that's all we have left. Okay. So, so let, me, uh, let me, are you saying that since we're not going to get repealed, I didn't hear what your answer was. When, when I was running for governor, Many people said, Larry, how about constitutional carry in New York? How about reciprocity in New York? And I said, do you understand that currently, if you take your legally owned firearm, legally purchased firearm in New York State and go to New York City, you're going to jail. You're going to Rikers Island, the most violent jail in the country. That's where you're going when you have a legally owned firearm purchased in this state with a license. And I went, what? Yeah, and you you want constitutional carry. That's a bridge too far. Yes. That's All f- I said was three things. That my, I'm sorry. I didn't Go mean to interrupt you. I had three parts to my plan. The first one was something simple, and that was universal transportation laws. It's just simple that if you have your firearm and it is locked and unloaded, you may take it to any county in New York State. That's the bare minimum. Counties can have easier rules if they want to, but the bare minimum is that. So no matter what, if you're unsure of the law in your given county, whatever, lock it and unload it, and you're fine. No worries. You won't be arrested. Mm-hmm. That was step one. But I have to go further than that because the problem with that is loaded in New York State means legally ammunition in the vicinity of, of the firearm. So literally you have in the backseat of your car a box of ammo, and in the trunk you have your firearm. 
that's in the vicinity in New York State. It's a loaded weapon. So we change that law. Loaded weapon has to become bullets in a gun. I know it sounds crazy, but we have to do mm-hmm. that. But not just that. We have to make a rule that right now, right now, if you try to kill him and I draw my firearm, if I shoot you, I'm going to jail. Right? Correct. If I don't shoot you, I drew my weapon, I'm still going to jail. Brandishing. Correct. If you don't hit him, you pull it out to hit him, but you don't hit him, only I'm going to jail. Regardless of what you do, if I actually stop the crime, I'm going to jail. If you hit him, we go to jail together. That's current New York State law. Correct. So I, we want to change. I want to change that to simply say, if you use your legally owned firearm in an attempt to stop a crime, that's not a crime. Doesn't exist in New York State. Well, it almost sounds like it makes sense. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. When people are like, "But I want constitutional carry," let me have this. I just want to have this first. Yeah. That you don't go to jail for trying to stop a crime. Mm-hmm. I would tell people in New York State, if some guy breaks into my house and I beat him to death with my daughter's softball bat, crack his skull open and beat him to death, it is actually better for me than if I shot him in the leg and he survived and walked home. Because the gun is the evil thing. Correct. Gun violence. Yes, that's the evil thing. So let's change that. Yeah. I was not mean to cut you off, but th- no, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to achieve, right? So if I'm saying that's my goal, what is your goal or what is your first step when it comes to the NFA? My first step is getting concealed carry nationwide through the Supreme Court. Ah, and we've, okay. And we've never been in a better position in my entire lifetime than we are right now. The Supreme Court right now has the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, an NRA-backed case, where people weren't allowed to bring their guns, their lawfully purchased handguns, out of the five boroughs. Mm -hmm. And it's a direct violation of the Commerce Clause. Mm -hmm. It's a direct violation of FOPA, Firearms Owners Protection Act. Mm -hmm. In the rest of the country, you can transport your guns in a locked case, which are ammo separate. But somebody just talked about that a second ago. Oh, yeah, that that was you. Yes. Correct. So, Mm -hmm. So what happened was... New York got scared because the Supreme Court uh, gave the case a docket number. So New York changed the administrative code in September where you can travel through the five boroughs now with a gun and you can also leave the five boroughs with your gun in a locked or fastened case. So then the Supreme Court was petitioned by the New York City lawyers asking the Supreme Court to moot the case. But they didn't moot the case yet. So we're going to know what the ruling is in May or June. But there's something very, very interesting that's unprecedented that's never happened. The Supreme Court right now, for all your listeners out there, is sitting on eight Second Amendment cases. Two concealed carry cases from New Jersey, one concealed carry case from New York, one from Massachusetts, and a few other states. We don't know what's going on with the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. what the NRA lawyers think. And most of these cases were seated and funded. Correct plaintiffs were picked years ago, and they made it up to the Supreme Court. Remember now, less than 1% of all the cases yes, that go absolutely. before the Supreme Court are granted cert. Absolutely. So what most of the NRA legal eagles seem to think is the, that since Heller and McDonald, two other landmark concealed carry cases, one out of Chicago, Otis McDonald, a black man mm-hmm. who was a Korean War vet who wanted to get a handgun to protect himself, and the city of Chicago had a complete unconstitutional ban on handguns. Mm-hmm. And this wiry old military veteran from the Korean War said, F you. Right. And he took it to the Supreme Court and he won. 
He's since passed. I got to meet him. Mm -hmm. Then we had Dick Heller. Dick Heller lived in Washington, D.C. Another veteran applied for a carry permit to work as a security guard in uniform. Sure. They said, we don't issue carry permits in D.C. The police told him, move to Alexandria, Virginia. You can get your permit and you'll be able to come to D.C. and work with the gun. Wow. Because that makes sense. That's way different. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's clear. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Dick Heller said, I'm not moving. Right. <laughs> he fought right. it, went to the Supreme Court, and he won. But in the past 11 years, the lower courts have been using judicial activism on how they define Heller and McDonald, and they've been chastised a few times by my favorite jurist right now, Thomas. I mean, he's, he's the man. Uh, they've been chastised the lower courts that you're not using strict scrutiny because the Second Amendment is a civil right and it's in the Bill of Rights. We cannot have an imbalance in the courts. You can't have different civil rights in different federal districts. Mm -hmm. It's one thing you ban smoking on the beach in Maryland. You ban smoking. You can allow it on Delaware or whatever. But this, we're talking about the Second Amendment. So the jury. So you think this is gonna this is gonna work this time? Well, well, here's what we think, and what I think. I think that that the Supreme Court is gonna rule on the New York State rifle and pistol case, and whack New York City's PP because. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gorsuch asked the question. It was Gorsuch that asked the questions. He said to the New York City lawyers, he goes, if we moot this case, what's to stop you from reversing <laughs> the law yes. tomorrow? Yep. Because it took our plaintiff six years to get this case to the Supreme Court. And that's exactly what they'll do. Correct. Yes. Oh, shout that's out exactly to Gorsuch. Yes. <laughs> but what we yes. think is going to, well, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, anti-gun, the notorious RGB, <laughs> she said to the New York City lawyer, so said, she said, so the way the law works now is if someone lives in Brooklyn and they have a summer house in New York State, you're basically telling them to buy a second gun to keep in their New York State right. house. Yes. So six months out of the year when they're not there, that handgun is up there. Wouldn't that be more unsafe than Absolutely. having them bring their gun? Mm -hmm. This was... Ginsburg that asked that question, yes. and this is what the New York City lawyer said. Ha 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 He didn't know. He didn't know how to respond. Right. So right. what we think is going to happen is these eight cases, and there might be ten or twelve that are up there by June. If Justice Roberts is worried about his legacy as a mm -hmm. Supreme Court justice, they will send these eight to ten cases back down to the lower courts and say, retry these cases using strict scrutiny mm -hmm. from Heller and McDonald. That will allow us concealed carry. We have it in 44 states right now. This will grant relief for the other six states. Well, there we go. We could, it could actually work. Then I love so that. This so. is one of the things that the NRA is doing that all of you can be proud of because they have a huge infrastructure of these egghead 2A lawyers that do nothing but eat, <laughs> breathe, and poop the Second Amendment yep. that they send these guys to courthouses in New Mexico, and these guys go through court cases from 100 years ago to find precedent to bring before the U.S. Supreme Court. Of course. Mm, I love okay. it. All right. A couple more questions I want to grab. Uh, this person's comment. The NRA aren't staunch enough when, when they're fighting for our gun rights, and most of the time they negotiate our rights away. What's your comment on that? That's, that's, a, that's a tough one. Uh, well, a lot of it's blown up, but the NRA has been the, the hardest fighter for Second Amendment rights in this country since they became a lobby group in the 1940s, let's say. Before that, they were an education and training group, which was, by the way, they were founded in New York State in 1871. They're the oldest civil rights group uh, in the nation. They predate the NAACP because to own a gun is a civil right. But 
that's a fallacy negotiating the rights away. Okay. That pay pretty much comes because they acquiesced with bump stocks mm-hmm. because it was something President Trump was adamant about. But we're, we we lost that small battle. But we we can't attack Trump because he's on our side right now. So the I'm not sure I'm going to buy that one. Well, he's on our side with the NRA. As far as I'm concerned. Well, I'll tell you where I find them on our side with the NRA right now, Larry. 192 federal judges appointed already following all of the recommendations from the Federalist Society. I want originalist jurors. I do not want jurors... Uh, I do not want judges legislating from the bench. I want them to read the Founding Fathers' papers. when when a president like Trump says... Take the guns first, due process later. Yeah, and then he, I, he then he that, backwalked that. Yeah, that scared me that he said that. I'm scared. Is what I'm we saying. have red flag laws in New Jersey. We have no due process. But I know that New York will yeah. right with you. We're we waiting. Right with you. The NRA is looking at three <laughs> plaintiffs right now in different federal districts to bring those cases to district courts, and then the, we we will go to the Supreme Court, and it will be found unconstitutional. Okay, because they fly in the face of the Constitution. You have you you are not allowed to face your accuser. You have no due process. Yep. And New Jersey, the way they writ their law, wrote their law, in New Jersey, it is a civil act, so you do not get legal counsel if you can't afford it. Well, they're not even a criminal better. Act. Look at that; they got you totally over a barrel. Correct. Wow. Over 200 people have been red flagged in New Jersey since the law was initiated in September. I'm not surprised. Sheesh. Let me uh, let me uh, let let people know if you want to get get on this conversation, do us a favor, pick up the phone, give us a call. I know we dropped a couple calls. We were yapping so long, guys. I'm sorry. Sorry. You can call back. We're happy to have you back on. I know some of you got upset because we were talking so much. Five seven three four two seven. Five four six three. If you like what you're you're hearing, you know what? You can also support the show. You can head on over to patreon.com slash sharpway. Throw a couple bucks our way so we can keep this show going. All right, let me take some more off the internet if I could. Um these just some comments in this case. Uh this comment is the coronavirus safe sign comment was golden. Thank you. <laughs> yes, that's good. Um uh, I think the government constantly erodes our rights yep. because they actually hate our freedom. Comment. Yeah, well, I'm not sure they hate our freedom. I'm not sure that's 100 percent accurate. I think they're. I think they're afraid of our freedom versus hate. I think the emotion's different. I think the emotions actually fear, not hate. I don't think they're angry about it. I think they fear it. I think it's a mix of both. You have yeah. you have people who are full blown sirens. Sure. And then how you said there there are people who are afraid as well. There's a lot of misunderstanding. Yes. And this is where events just like diversity shoot or if you just go to Gun for Hire and have a five minute conversation with Calandro, you could be educated and, and have your whole perspective changed. But th- this is what I tell people in urban society. It takes our votes as well and paying attention to candidates because elections have consequences and our negligence does not contribute in our favor. Mm, okay. So so all all these things got to come together. People got to be willing to, to have the conversation. And along with that, take some time out to pay attention. Hey, who's running for Congress? Who's running for governor? Who's running yeah. for mayor? And what are they doing on the constitutional side of things that is going to mm-hmm. work for I hear me? You. Okay. Well, let me go to a phone call if I could. We're going to go to Philadelphia. So we are going out. We're still on the East Coast, but we are still uh, outside of New York. We're going to talk to, uh, I think it's Adele. I hope that name is correct. Adele, how are you? Yeah, I'm Adele. How are you? It- 
I'm doing good. Good. Can you turn me down in the background? Oh, sorry. Wait, is this Governor Larry Sharp? This is the one and the only. <laughs> that is correct. How are you? <laughs> Mom, it's a complete honor to actually talk to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's why I had this show, so people can talk to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Did you just want to say hi? I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine with you saying hi. Um, no, actually, because I always wanted to get your opinion because I did hear um, I did hear this say say a lot that um, Trump is more of a gun control president than uh, Obama. So I wanted to get your opinion on that. It's a great question, and I uh, you know when I was crossing the state in 2018. The some of the times I'd go through uh, gun shops and I would do events in gun shops throughout New York State. And one of the jokes that people had and they said is the number one gun salesperson for the past eight years, Barack Obama, right? Because people were so afraid <laughs> of him taking guns that people were going out and buying guns. And statistically, that was true. Statistically, the percentage of families, households who owned a gun actually did not shoot up. But the number of gun owner, uh, the gun number of guns being owned, shot up. So each individual, over average, actually had more firearms. Not big, big gross in family households gathering firearms. So the joke was that Obama was a good salesman. <laughs> um, th- to be forward, I I don't think uh, Obama was actively anti-gun. I think he was rhetorically anti-gun. If it, it more, and I think I, I did 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 Obama ban anything during his eight years? No. I don't think he did. No, he, tr- oh. he tried a few things. Right now in the gun industry. He tried after Sandy Hook. Yes, yes he did try. Yes. It failed. We, right yeah. now we, in the gun industry, we call it the Trump slump because people feel like their gun rights are more protected, so sales are down. Yes, actually. absolutely. It's so, the Trump slump. Yeah. But yeah, Obama tried after Sandy Hook. The problem is we never addressed the elephant in the room, Adele, which is the mental health issues over medication, violent movies, violent mm-hmm. video games, and everything. So what happens is it's... It's kind of like the pro-life people. The gun control people are on one side and the not gun control people on the other side, and neither will give a centimeter. So nothing ever gets done to address the real issues of gun violence and how we can protect things. Look how many people Larry was talking before, how many people are against armed people in the schools protecting our most valuable asset, which is our children. We protect our politicians with armed guards. We protect jewelry stores with armed guards and banks, our money, but not our kids. And evil will always find a way. Yep. So I I guess to answer your question, my view, maybe you would tell me uh, your, your opinion also. My view is I actually think that Obama was rhetorically far more anti gun than Trump. But in actual things that he's done, he didn't really do anything to actually to attack the gun industry, and he actually kind of helped it in, in it by not by default, not because he was trying to, right? But he wound up helping the gun industry by creating fear with his rhetoric, where people actually bought more guns. Um, I think Trump the opposite. I think you're totally right. Trump the rhetoric is is more pro gun, so less people are afraid, so less guns are being bought. But he actually did ban bump stocks, and he actually Correct. so. Um, I think actually it's rhetoric versus reality. I think reality, Trump is more anti-2A. Rhetoric, clearly Obama was more anti-2A. That's my opinion, at least. What keeps Trump grounded is uh, Donald Jr. and Eric Trump. They're they're big hunters. They're big NRA and big gun people. So I think they have their father's ear. I think after he came out with that, well, you know, we'll arrest them and do a, a background check on them later. I think after that, a 
some family members must have got to him because that kind of disappeared. Hopefully, you know. Well, I no, I, I I think it disappeared. And and the NRA, the top people at the NRA have a direct line to the White House. Oh, they wow. can meet with them anytime, and uh, they the White House counsel reaches out to NRA on bills and everything. But let's face it, Trump really has no control. It's the Senate president that has all the control. It's Mitch McConnell. If he doesn't put a bill up for a vote, the president can't sign it or veto it. It's true. So we had national reciprocity <clears throat> pass the House uh, in Trump's first year in office, and then it went to the Senate, Trump's second year in office, where he had the House and the Senate, and Mitch McConnell let it die on the vine December 31st. The last, mm-hmm. They never put it up for a vote. They needed wow. 60 votes. We had 52 guaranteed votes. We were all pushing NRA and everything. Bring the damn bill up for a vote because we want to see where people stand. Because sure. there were some Democrats in the South and the Midwest that probably would have voted for it. So, but but you know we're worried about election because we all know when the, the majority of people when they get elected, it's once they're in, it's all about self preservation. Mm-hmm. Yes. If so, Trump yes. really wanted to have like a flawless victory, like no contest, be completely constitutionally pro Second Amendment. And end the war on marijuana, and that would help too. He would Absolutely. he would abolish that whole DNC. Floor. It's all about control, that though. The government wants to sell marijuana. That's true. So, <laughs> Dale, did, did, did we answer your question? Oh yeah, um, and, and I totally agree with the whole mental health thing. I mean, especially when you look at Virginia Tech. Um, I was looking up on a shooter for Virginia Tech, and he had a history of mental health. It was pretty disturbing with some of the stuff he did. So I, I, I do agree with mental health is a problem. Yeah. But nobody wants nobody wants because of political correctness. Nobody wants to take a stand. I'm I'm 59 years old. Back in the day, they say something ain't right with that boy, and they would get help for them. But today, it's like Shh, there's something wrong with him. But don't say anything because we don't want to make trouble. We don't want to make waves. Mm-hmm. There was professors that refused to teach that kid at Virginia Tech. The uh, Nicholas uh, Cruz in Florida was banned from the campus. Was not allowed to carry a backpack on campus, but yet he was still allowed to attend and get into that school system mm-hmm. and a couple of armed resource officers larry you're 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 a, a, a marine i didn't want to say ex-marine because there's no such thing but you were a marine if you were an educator if you were a science teacher and a gym teacher and the school said we were looking for five or six volunteers to take some advanced training and carry concealed to give the element surprise you'd volunteer especially if your kids were in that I school would. I twice. so what happens is after september 11th when they used box cutters to take over a cockpit and ram planes into a building we've changed the security protocols and that has never knock on wood happened again if we had armed people undercover working in the schools after the first or second active shooter went in and met with resistance they would pick another soft target next we would go to the malls next we would go here whatever schools would be off the table and our youth would be off the table because the element of surprise is there but we don't want to address that let's make it harder for a law-abiding citizen to buy a gun my last rant larry in new york in in pennsylvania and new jersey california these states that are crazy for gun control all the gun laws they write they always leave off one sentence adele and that one sentence is during the act or commission of a crime. Mm. 
Okay? Mm. It's all about possession and making a mistake. Oh, Manny, you had a loaded magazine? Three to five years in prison. Too right. bad you didn't interpret the law properly. Not, oh, Manny, you were mm-hmm. robbing a 7-Eleven with a loaded gun. You had a gun during the act or commission of a crime. Mm-hmm. And when the criminals plea bargain, because of the Graves Act, you do a minimum of five years in prison mm-hmm. and up to 10 years in prison committing a violent crime or felony with a gun. It's the first thing they plea off is the Graves Act. Yep. By the way, Adele, you are out in Philadelphia. I would highly recommend you check out Maj to Ray. I'm actually wearing the shirt from him. If you don't know about him already, Philadelphia, the whole yeah. Pennsylvania has to get behind Maj. You guys have a gem over there. That's basically like having a Larry Sharp over there Agreed. or a Calandro over there as well. Yes. So definitely. I actually... I actually voted for him to become to, to be oh, city council. Nice, very. Keep, nice. keep spreading time. word. Keep spreading word, Absolutely. and we hope that Maj mm-hmm. runs for office again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you so yeah. much for the call. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you, Governor Sharp. Right. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be a, a right. day that that Earth is a lot closer to heaven, Larry. Thank you, Governor. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Sorry. Bye bye. So well, the thing I want to bring up, and this is an interesting issue that happened here in New York, and this is in Rockland County several months ago. There was a guy who went into a, I think it was the Jewish household or synagogue. I think it was a household. The basement. And yes, they, was, yes. they were doing, a, a, I think it was it a Hanukkah celebration. It was some religious celebration. And he came in with a, a, a butcher knife or hatchet or something like that. Machete. Machete. Thank you. Machete. Thank you. It wasn't machete. And one of the guys stopped him. I think the guys, if I'm not, not mistaken, it was Gluck. Gluck guy stops him. Stops, I think he threw a table at him or something. Stops him. After four or five people were stabbed, one guy was in a hospital. I, I don't know. He has permanent damage. I, I think he got out recently, but he has permanent damage. Oh, and then knows. in January, if not mistaken, um, when Governor Cuomo did his state of the state, he recognized this guy. He said, and here's his hero, Mr. Gluck. You're an awesome guy. Thank you for stopping that you know horrible thing. I would ask anyone watching or listening, if you know our governor, what would have happened if Mr. Wilkins had a firearm? What if he had a legally owned firearm? And when that guy comes out with a machete and strikes the first, you know, you know, person at the party, he pulls his firearm and puts a bullet and drops him. You would have got uh, that church scenario all over again. What happened in the church in Texas? Exactly the same thing. Texas guy comes out with a gun. He fires. Out comes another guy. Boom. boom. Puts him down. One shot. Puts him Head down. Shot. Right? Yep. Puts him right down. 45 feet away. Nobody Problem else. Solved. No, nobody else gets hurt. Yeah. Right? Nobody else gets hurt. So there were five of these people who were celebrating their religious holiday, all hurt. One seriously with permanent damage. People traumatized for life. People traumatized for life. God bless If the lives. guy pulls the firearm, puts him down, you got one guy hurt. That's bad, but it's way better than five. Mm-hmm. And probably that's the guy who gets the permanent damage. He gets bad damage, but he recovers. Right? Mm-hmm. Would Cuomo have said, well done, Gluck, or would Cuomo have had to say nothing and get him out of jail? Because if the cops showed up, the cops put him away in handcuffs. Of course they would have, because it's illegal for a congregant to carry a gun in a house of worship. They can only possess the gun in their own house or property. We have the same thing in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. In New York, they tell them to hire armed cops. But here's my problem with an armed cop or security guard. If I'm an armed cop and I'm standing outside a synagogue, if you, even if you're paying me $500 an hour, if a van pulls up and five guys get out with AK-47s, I'm running. That's correct. And it okay? happened. We saw that happen. Correct. We correct. saw that happen. Already. But now, if, if I'm a congregant and I'm standing outside and my wife and kids or my mother are inside... 
I, I take position running. and I start firing. Correct. Correct. I, but they will I not allow us to do it because Correct. our politicians' lives are more valuable than our lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. Period. There's no other way to argue it. Period. We get crumbs from the table. They walk around like Bloomberg. He walks around with a six-point security detail following him. You mm. guys can Google that and look it up. Mm. And he's the most anti-gun person you'd ever <laughs> want to meet. Yes. He says if you have a gun in your house for protection, you're stupid. Yep. In the island of uh, Bermuda, Bahamas, he has a house. Only his security detail and the Bahamian police can carry guns on the entire island. Wow. There we Good go. for me, but not for thee. It's nice Hypocrisy. when you're a billionaire. Correct. It's nice when so, it's good so to be a billionaire. So these crazy people know that houses of worship are soft targets like our schools, and they can go in and they can pull out a gun and they're lambs to the slaughter, literally. But but the thing that I found that was amazing is if you look at that, Rockland has a large Hasidic Jewish community. I don't know if you happen to know that. In New York State. Uh, they all shoot at my range. There we go. So you know, yes, they have yes. a large, they have a large Hasidic Jew- Jewish community. Right after that, they're all carrying their their firearms. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right after all firearms. Yes. And no one ever was like, well, not yet, work. because the, for political reasons, that's the gov- correct. The governor didn't say anything. Now a new organization just started up, a local grassroots two two A organization, the number two A NYS, two, like Second Amendment, New York State. I know. They're suing. The judges, they were, I had them on my radio show. They're mm-hmm. suing the judges for denying people carry permits in Rockland County who didn't follow the letter of the law yep. and trying to make them personally responsible. Run by libertarians, by the way. Yes, but yes, bravo, <laughs> yes. bravo, guys yes. and girls, yes. kick butt. Yes, run by libertarians, 100%. <laughs> yes. In New York State, libertarians are the ones doing most of the lawsuits. It really is us. We're the ones fighting the safe act. We're doing. We're really doing most of the lawsuits here in New York State. I call it the not so, so safe act. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, we call it the unsafe act. Nice. Yes. So absolutely. just to, to, yes. to add to that, all the Republicans that I've been making friends with lately, all wonderful people, as you guys can see, and I told you guys at the walkaway event, the Libertarians, we are taking action. So just absolutely. join us. A lot of them uh, said that they voted for you, by the way, Larry. Awesome. But we still need more. We need you guys to spread word because, it, it, you know, you got to add oil to that fire of mm-hmm. liberty. Sure. Absolutely. So let me grab another couple a couple of uh, questions. And a lot of, I'm getting a lot of comments from the internet. So, guys, if you want to do comment, it's fine, too. Questions are also good. Uh, this one is, all right. They're going to do some red flags if I could. I'll, do some, I'll, I'll go through everything. This, this one's a simple one. What are your thoughts about red flag laws? Do you think it's something we should be worried about or you don't think or do you think it won't be used much? You kind of already jumped on that. Chilling one, effect. Totally yes. unconstitutional. I await the first case to go to the Supreme Court to knock it down across all 50 states. My worst my of all the bad things of red flag laws, and there are tons of them. The one that bothers me the most is it creates a secret state police. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the of all the bad things. To me, that's the worst one. Literally, with our Safe Act in New York State, we made all medical personnel part of the Secret State Police, and now with red flag laws, we've made the teachers and educators part and of the anybody State reading your social media. Yes, they're all now Anonymous. part of the Secret State Police. It's it's 1984 all over again. We're all telling on each other. This is the Stasi of East Germany after World War II. I'll, I'll, it's it's we're all telling on each a other. A short one for that red flag comment: New Jersey, Alfred Conti. Gets surgery, still in pain. Doctor is ducking him. He gives the doctor a one-star review on uh, WebMD. The doctor red flagged him. 
There we go. Went wow. to the police department, said, I know the guy has guns. He keeps calling me. He won't leave me alone. So guess what they did? The guy's 58 years old, retired, disabled transit worker, sleeping in his bed with his dog. One o'clock in the morning, wakes up, floodlights in his bedroom windows. That's when they exercised the confiscation because they weren't expecting anything to happen, like him come to the door with a gun or something, right? Luckily, they were all in a safe. And he opened the door peacefully and gave his guns up. But well, well, there is my next worry, right? Because what is going to happen, without question, I don't know when it's going to happen, but someone's going to resist. It happened in New York State already. It happened in uh, Tennessee as well. There we go. And as more people resist, one or two things are going to happen. Dead resistor, now we have a martyr. Or dead law enforcement, now we have a police state. Or both. Worse. Yes. That's the worst. This is bad, bad, and worse. There's no good scenario to someone dying in this piece. Dead law enforcement, bad idea. Dead dead resistor, bad idea. Nothing but bad. So, so this is just another law to scare people from lawful legal gun ownership, yes, too. Mm-hmm. And it works. Okay. We've always had a red flag system in this country for 200 years and for the past 100. Call 911. Yes, see something, Police, say something. It judge, works in New York City. Warrant. Go through the whole process. Search warrant. Absolutely. No, we're going to wipe that all away. And again, yep. remember, it's a civil crime, so you do not get legal counsel if you can't afford it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So good. All right. Um, what does it mean? What does it see? Well, I'm sorry. Why does it seem that those pushing harder for gun control refuse to acknowledge that criminals don't obey any laws? Agenda. Because it's about control. I, you because know what I we're think it easier to is? catch. I think what it actually is, and this is gonna say, it's, I'm going to do some psychology on you. I think it's people who are projecting themselves on others. In other words, they can't imagine someone doing that kind of thing. So as long as you just pass a law and let them know that it's illegal, of course they won't do it because it's illegal and I wouldn't do it. And so I, I really think that most of the gun control laws, you know, I always make a distinction between the leadership of a movement and the movement, right? Most of the leaders of most movements don't believe in their own movement, right? Most don't. Most just use the movement or the ideology to control others right at the top. Oh, wow. Most of the people at the bottom actually believe in it. Mm-hmm. Most, that's why they passionate. do what they do. Most are passionate. They care, think it's the right thing. Most of the people are doing it because they believe it's the right thing, but they're wrong. So in their mind, of course you see this. What's wrong with you? It's so obvious how amazing what I'm saying is, and you're just like me, so of course. And when you don't do it and the leader says, see, they don't think like us. They're the bad people. Now the average person starts going, oh, you're the bad people. Mm-hmm. That's You're the kind of people who would do bad things. I really think it's that simple psychology that often happens, right? And I look at this through things like, you know, communism, right? Stalin wasn't a communist. Stalin used communism to stay in control, right? He, he wasn't personally a communist. Hell no. Right? He, he was a, a Stalinist, whatever that is. He was himself. <laughs> he doesn't care, right? Cuomo in New York. Cuomo's not a Democrat. He's a Cuomoist. Yeah. And Democrat Democrat Party gets him what he wants, so he's Democrat. Bloomberg, he's a Bloombergist, right? He's a Democrat when he has independent Republican. He's whatever, right? Yeah. Most of the people at the tip top don't actually believe in the ideology at all. But the people in the often do. Mm-hmm. So there's something that Bill Maher said, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago or something. It made total sense. He said, you know, he's talking about his own Democrats. Right? He's a big Democrat, right? Always mad at Republicans. And he says, look, even if you're mad at Trump, 
Don't be mad at supporters. And that's actually good. I mean, that that mindset is a smart, savvy mindset. Mm -hmm. Leadership is leadership. Supporters, most of them are good people trying to do the right thing. Whether you like Democrats or like Republicans or hate Republicans or hate Democrats, the average one is just someone trying to do the right thing. The leadership is what corrupts them. And that's the issue. And I see that in this too. I think most people who like red flag laws believe in their hearts it's the right thing. And I say that because when I bring it up, this is what can drive some people two-way crazy. When I talk about the Second Amendment in most of New York State, particularly downstate, I rarely ever bring up the Constitution because most people, particularly downstate, don't care about the Constitution. It's not important to them. They don't care. Not yet. They, Mo- but many don't. No, you're right. Of they course, don't. many don't. We're, so getting, we're getting there. I say it's Constitution. They go, so get rid of it. Change it. They don't care. So what I say is, do you know the SAFE Act actually made up millions of New Yorkers who purchased a legal piece of property, legally, criminals overnight? Mm-hmm. Not just criminals, because they own it and it's a firearm, they are now violent criminals overnight. And people go, oh, is, is, is that what happened? Yeah, that's not right, is it? And they go, oh, yeah. Do you know it made our, our you know, a medical person, a part of a secret state police that now have to report on people? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I talk about the actual damage it does. And does it make the people, particularly those in large cities, go, I love guns now? No, but it does make them go, oh, that safe act's not good. Yeah. It's, it's just how Julio Pabon said last yes. week. If you do not read to inform yourself, I wouldn't say you don't have the right to talk, but you shouldn't be talking until you get informed first with what's going Which on. Which is why I talk to people and I get them to go, yeah. you know what? Do you get do you get that it affects our veterans at a higher percentage because they're more apt to have a firearm and more apt to have PTSD and or TBI than non-veterans? Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, when people tell me that changes their minds about gun laws, when I say that, mm-hmm. yeah. not talking about the Constitution Correct. or the rights, but the actual damage that it does to people, then I, they go, huh? When I convert people, I give them scenarios of real life, yep, of, of travesties that have happened. Absolutely. Yeah. So let me grab another call if I can. Okay. Um, I got someone who wants to go to mar- medical marijuana. I'm happy I'm, with that. I'm going to weigh in on that with about guns when you when you're done with it. Oh, I mm-hmm. love it. Sounds good. We're going to talk into Mike. Mike, how are you? Uh, how you doing? Uh, thanks for having me in the air. Of course, you are from parts unknown. Now I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a kind of sort of gun slash marijuana question okay talk to gotta me. remain anonymous <laughs> um well we all know that there can be side effects to smoking too much marijuana sure um like there might even be lasting effects that can manifest manifest themselves at strange times can right? you can you turn me down in the background uh there we go i think that's yourself okay no, now it's good. Uh, yeah, now it's good. It's just an echo. Yep, I, I got you. Keep going. Uh, okay. Um, you guys have been like weird, like weed flashbacks. <laughs> oh, this is funny. Thank you. That's very funny. Yes. So, um, wow, very patronizing. He's 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 teasing us. This is cool. Oh. Thank you. He's teasing us. It's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, every have once in a while, I get someone that's gun. teasing us. So, yeah, oh man, it's good. No, shout, but shout out to the trolls. What I what I think that it's a valid point that Michael. Thank you, Michael, about that. Thank you for the joke. I appreciate it. Um, the 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 point that he does bring up though is that you know there can be side effects from any drug you take, right? There can be side effects from. Prolonged alcohol use, mm-hmm. prolonged smoking, 
Some people do have bad effects from marijuana. Very, very, very few. But some do, right? It does happen. Does that mean that someone now shouldn't have a firearm? Well, here's the catch-22. Regardless of what your state or local law says, the federal form 4473, question 26, says regardless of state or local law, if you are taking medicinal or recreational marijuana, you are not allowed to possess firearms. Infringement? No, I I understand that. So you have to be careful. Completely. And I think that's obviously a bogus law. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I guess it should have been clear. Of course, it's a bogus law. It should have been clear. Of it course. was so obvious to me. I didn't even bring it up. I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> of course, that's a bogus law. I'm sorry. I should, I should I should be clear on saying that. What I was asking is, is there any situation to where any drug that someone takes could have a bad effect, right? Of course. Should there be an issue to where you do lose your right to have a firearm? Is there, okay, he's been or she's been on this and these side effects are X, Y, Z. Is there something where you would go, you know what? Yeah, take this guy's firearms. Uh, if they're taking drugs, if they're psychotic or something, maybe. But for if for recreational or medicinal marijuana for post traumatic stress disorder, I say no. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I, I'm okay with that. I mean, someone should be able to be evaluated. Uh, but see, that's the catch twenty two too, because any type of mental health or any type of uh, lower drug use it has a stigma to it. Yes, absolutely. So people don't get help. Because they don't want to be branded as I need mental help. And in states like New York and New Jersey, if you go seek a medical help professional, you've just lost your gun rights. Yes, mm-hmm. Unless you can get a doctor to write a note that says, I met with uh, Larry and it's okay for him to own guns. They have to run that letter past their malpractice insurance. Yes. So you're not getting that letter. That's correct, yes. So we prevent people from getting help. Right. But I mean, if someone's a medicinal marijuana for for uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, pain, or whatever I know everybody's with the CBD oil and everything I'm kind of it's not my wheelhouse here but but no it should not be a disclaimer okay. it should not be a disqualifier okay Shall but not- the federal government made it a disqualifier and I have people coming in and telling me you know I have post-traumatic stress disorder from Afghanistan and I have this prescription for uh, medicinal marijuana and I tell them listen if you fill that prescription you've just committed a felony because the form says you can't have both mm-hmm, right so you have to make a decision you, you're gonna have to either sell your guns or sell them to your wife or somebody mm-hmm. and fill that prescription i don't want to see you get or locked lose up them in a boating accident oh, a lot of people are <laughs> hot air balloon hot air balloon yes exactly the yeah. only constitutional <laughs> right that says yeah. shall not be infringed yes and it's like the one they go after most hardcore all right well, you you are you are getting some 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 NRA hate here. Just letting you know. You're I'm expecting a bit. that. All right, the NRA didn't do much in Virginia. VCDL, Virginia Citizen Defense League, packed the Capitol and defeated the assault weapons ban. The NRA H quarter is in Virginia. How are they not fighting for their gun rights in their own state? Uh, the NRA had a lobby day the week before. The NRA supported the VCDL by advertising it. Uh, maybe not. I could be wrong. Uh, I might re- want to retract that. And, of course, the NRA spent a lot of time and money lobbying the Democrats that they knew they could sway when it came down to a vote. And four Democrats did cross the aisle 
So they do have their ways at the at the federal and state level as well. Mm-hmm. Are they grassroots activists like that going out at a rally? No, they didn't do that. But they did flood the state house on lobby day and make their voice and presence be known. You know, you have to have like a hammer and an anvil. And you have to have, you know, the NRA has 5.5 million members and people pay their $35 a year and they expect the NRA to fix everything. <laughs> yes, right? that's true. But what yeah. happens is like in New Jersey, we hold a 2A rally, 300 people show up. 8,000 said they're coming. 20,000 said they were interested on the Facebook page and 300 show up. The bills are passed and then everybody wants to know what did the NRA do for us? Well, first of all, you voted the bums in, okay, because you wanted free stuff over freedom. And now you want the NRA to do your fight. There's only so much they can do. But I can tell you, Jason Wiemey and his team on the lobbying level and on the level talking to all the legislators there, they were relentless 24-7 talking, prodding, and poking, which did have some good results. Okay. But again, we have a majority now in the House and Senate, and you have the executive branch. You're mm-hmm. screwed in Virginia. Okay. Also, if I could add to that, people complain about the NRA, and it's understandable. Is this me being an outsider? Because I'm not an NRA member at the moment. Um, guys, if you are NRA members or know somebody who is an NRA member, Get them to start vetting the candidates who want to run for the NRA board. For example, Calandro, when you were running, I was, I'm was i not an NRA member. And I was telling people, hey, if you're a member of the NRA or know somebody who is and could vote for Calandro, do so. What's so hard about that? I've managed to piss the board vote, off vote for, good too, Yeah, vote way. for the right one people. Year. <laughs> vote the right people in. Because the NRA is just a, an entity. You got to have the right people in it. You can have a horrible driver behind the wheel or have a good driver behind the wheel. It's about who you put behind the wheel. Okay. There we go. I like that. All right. Again, if you guys want to join the program and even want to tell a joke, I'm happy. It was a, it was a nice joke, Mike, from Porto. 573-427-5433. Five, five, uh-huh. Please give me a buzz. I'm going to keep going down this. Another comment. Three amazing men. I like that. Okay, nice. cool. Wow, thank you. Good. Hey, thank you, whoever yes. said that. <laughs> How do you feel about 3D printing of firearms? I think it should be allowed. I, uh, again, I'm a constitutionalist mm-hmm. le- and, and a libertarian leaning towards anarchy. Uh, they're using all of these laws to ban it, you know, calling them ghost guns or anything. Mm-hmm. But if I want to buy an 80% lower and finish it and build a gun, I should be able to. I'm a law-abiding citizen. I'm not a disqualified person. If I want to build an ugly 3D printed gun that can only shoot one bullet, that's my prerogative as a U.S. citizen, and it's in my my birthright. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are getting better. The 3D printed guns are actually getting better. But How's the government going to control that? What about the idea? Now, the argument obviously is going to be look if everyone's printing their own guns right then how can law enforcement capture the bad guys who are shooting the gun there's obviously going to be the law enforcement argument well maybe the law enforcement should focus more on the actual criminals the violent repeat offenders and locking them up and throwing away the key and if somebody takes a 3d printed gun and commits a violent crime with it maybe life plus a hundred years sentence would be a good start to prevent other people from wanting to commit crimes with 3d printed guns mm-hmm. general rule high you know high prison sentences don't stop people from doing things Right, I mean, the one drug's been going on for 70 years, been doing life for weed. People still sell weed. People still do drugs. People still sell drugs. I'm not sure that would be something that would actually, I mean, statistically hasn't really worked What in the about past. the electric bleachers instead of the electric chair? Would that work or no? I'm asking you your opinion. 
Generally not. Okay. Yeah, generally not. Uh, in fact, uh, something people don't realize, when when we had a death sentence, death penalty as the norm in our societies, they were often public. And some of the most crimes were committed during that because there were pickpockets who were taking people's money while thieves were being executed up on sure. the stage. So they were literally committing the crime that people were being killed for while the person was being killed for it. So I'm not sure that those things actually work as deterrents. But I, I look, I'm not pro, you know, gun registration in any way, shape, or form. I'm just I'm being devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. There's probably um, a half a million legally owned guns in this country that aren't registered. I'm sure pre- there's, like, there's probably that many in, in New York State. Pre nineteen sixty eight guns were not registered. Yes. War relics and stuff were not registered. Yes. So and and they're not out there robbing grocery stores and killing people. Sure. All right. Mm-hmm. Every time you see a gun that's used in a crime, it was stolen from somebody or it was a straw purchase which is a federal crime and that's how guns are getting on the street and you're not going to legislate evil or stupidity out of the u.s way of life it's not happening but you know i'm going to be i'm a bit radical on this one i think that most americans believe that if you if you commit a crime with a gun that's an extra penalty i think no i don't care what tool you use to create your crime. Yeah. I, d- I don't care. A baseball bat. Machete. I don't care if it's a baseball cat. Machete. It's I don't the care. first thing they plea away anyway. But my point is, why do we even have it? You know, look, obviously I'm, I'm the radical here. Most people think that that's, it's reasonable to add on years or make extra crimes because someone uses a firearm. I don't. I don't care if these are firearm or not. If you kill my loved one, do I go, oh, you used a knife. It's fine. I don't do that. <laughs> I go, no, my loved one is dead. I don't care how you, did you choke him to death? Did you shoot him? I don't care. Did you run him over the car? You killed my loved one. I don't mm-hmm. really care how you did it. I think the entire idea of calling gun crimes, gun related, gun this, gun that is outdated, silly, should go away. It reinforced the idea that the thing itself is evil and the thing itself is not. Correct. Right, and that's why I think all of that should go away. Mm-hmm. There should be no additional charge because you have a gun. It shouldn't matter if you have a gun, and it should be irrelevant. Yeah, I don't think you're the radical here. I think you're talking reason. Yeah, I, I care a what crime you is did. a crime, regardless of what the vehicle or tool was. That's mm-hmm. correct, absolutely. And and the reason why I bring this up constantly is the 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 largest mass killing mass killing that we've had as like a mass murder type thing, school shooting, wasn't a school shooting. It was in Nice, France. Over 80 kids were killed. Guy with a van. I a van. That. Yep. Ran over like 80. Waited for them. They all got out in the assembly line, right? Assembly. And then run them all over. Boom. 80 of them dead. Here in New York City. Was it last year, year before? Guy used a van downtown. In Times Square. Yeah. Times Square. Killed blood. Eight people, whatever it was. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No gun used there. He's, he's not getting as much as some guy who shoots one person and doesn't kill them. Mm-hmm. Right? He gets the same amount for the guy who shoots someone and doesn't kill them. Correct. He runs eight people down. Mm-hmm. We didn't I, refer to that as vehicle crime. I, we don't, yes. We got to ban We got to ban vans now. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's ban them. We got to ban the van. Of course. What else can you do? My, my, my issue is I don't think that the gun should be even accepted as a problem unless you're going to say, and I don't agree with it, but at least it would make logical sense, that every single weapon has a certain level of evilness. If you're going to say that, at least that is logically clear. I disagree with that also. Mm-hmm. 
But then you say, well, a knife is worth one year in jail, right? Okay, whatever, right? A bat's worth two years in jail. Then at least you would say that all weapons have some form of innate evilness. And a fist is A fist gets whatever in jail, right? Each one has a certain thing, right? Which is stupid and shouldn't exist, but at least would be a consistent argument. And if any, it's only the gun that's bad. If anything, you would think, because Trump actually brings this up a lot. Oh, these people don't like using guns. They like using knives and machetes that are way more painful. Talking about (laughs) MS-13. He was talking about, right? In Long Island. Yeah, he he mentions that where where MS-13, you know, they're not the the only... um, gang that uses machetes mm-hmm. and all that but ironically enough he makes that example so you would think that will make the the united states citizen re rethink that that whole argument and be like oh wait the, the knives are more painful it's more of a initiated with more malicious intent because Absolutely. you gotta get up close yes if someone shoots me in the head and, and when i was in marine corps we all took the same way we all wanted to make sure that when we when we when we got killed it was quick Right, that was all we cared about. Right, yeah. we just hope when we get it that it just lights out. Mm-hmm. Right, we don't want to we don't want to get a gut shot. Mm. We don't want any of that. We just want it in the head and lights go out. And that's it. That's all we cared about. Right, that was all we did. In fact, when I when I was in Marine Corps, we had a uh, guys. I was in during the Cold War, so I was in during Panama and the first Gulf War, and um, uh, right. But I came in right after Grenada. Mm. Right, so we used to actually get our dog tags. Actually, I used to have my guys put it in their boot. And the reason why you put a dog tag on your boot is if your head gets blown off, your dog tags fly away. Mm. Well, then your mom doesn't know who what, what's going on, right? So you have it in your boot. So even if your head gets blown off, you still have a dog tag in your boot. They can take, send your body home. Wow. That's how we thought. So did we care whether we were hit by a bomb or a grenade or an IED nope. or mm-hmm. a bullet? We just wanted it to be fast. Mm-hmm. So with that logic, a machete's worse. Yeah, you should get more jail time for the machete because you're hacking me up. I'm feeling every mm-hmm. hack. A bullet, I'm shot in the head once, and boom. Yeah, that's a that's it. So I should get less time for that in theory. Uh, Larry, I'm sorry, real quick. Somebody wrote to me. They wanted to know if you could shout out the number again to so call in. Sure, absolutely. It's five seven three four two seven. Five, four, six, three. Speaking of that, let me go right to the call if I can right now. We're going over to Chi-Town. Heading over to Chi-Town. We're going to talk to Jim from Chicago. Jim, how are you? Hey, this is Tim, actually. Oh, yeah. Tim. Sorry, Tim. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? First time caller. I'm, I'm happy that you're calling. And, uh, well, let me start by saying I, I agree with, uh, with, with you. Um, and I, I think in, in a nutshell, um, why, why aren't we, and this conversation is such a broken record, but with, for good reason. And why aren't we looking at the why instead of the what? Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Everything. And, and, and how come it's only guns? How come it's only guns that we, that we, 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 that are, are, are blamed? Why is it only the guns that are being blamed for, for murder? Yes. Because in, in the instance of DUI, uh, we're not blaming alcohol, and we're not blaming blaming vehicles. Uh, if you kill someone, we're not blaming vehicles. Uh, if if you race a car and and get caught, we're not blaming vehicles. It's the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can go back and forth. There's a million things. Diabetes kills more people in this country than gun violence does. But yet we don't. We're not holding uh, the uh, Coca Cola, yes. Pepsi, and other com- and other companies uh, responsible for this. However, well, Bloomberg might. In the instance, <laughs> oh, you're, you're right. You're Bloomberg right. Might. He'd he like might. to. He might do that. Um, yeah. But uh, but but 
but when it no, comes no, to no, I'm, to I'm a with gun, you, Tim. I am with you, and you yeah. know, I spoke about this, and it's going to sound. Sometimes I say, sometimes sounds. I think sometimes so kind of silly, or 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 maybe you know, I don't know, philosophical. But I talk about what the Libertarian Party is about, and it's about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And why do I bring that up? Because when it comes to all the mass shootings, there are a couple commonalities between almost all the mass shooters, almost all of them. Number one, many of them, not all, but many of them are on some type of psychotropic drug. Two, what many of them don't have is a girlfriend or boyfriend. So what does that mean? Many of them, almost all of them, have some type of issue or concern and have social problems or issues, meaning that they're unhappy. The Every mm-hmm. single mass shooting and mass killing, while it is murder, at its core, it's actually a public suicide. Mm-hmm. At its core, it's a public suicide, which is why – you know, more, more uh, to your to your point. You know, more. Um, uh, you know, jail time isn't going to stop them. No. They're ready to die anyway. No. Doesn't matter. No. So exactly, They're what we have to do and- is get people to be happy. How do people become happy? There's three keys to happiness, guys. This is going to sound cheesy, but it's totally true. You got to feel loved. You have to feel respected, and you've got to have purpose. Mm-hmm. You have those. I agree. You have those three things. You're happy. You got two out of three, you're probably happy. Mm-hmm. You got one out of three, you got a shot. You got none, you're unhappy, period. You well, got to feel loved, like feel respected, have purpose. And when, and when you have one, working on two at least seems within reach. 100%, yes. And, and when you yes. have two, when you have two, you, you know how to get to three. Absolutely true. But when you don't have any of it, it's, uh, you know, there, there's no light at the end of the tunnel for you. A hundred percent true, right? If you're respected, you can probably find love. If you're loved, right. you can find, probably find respect. If you have purpose, you can get people to respect you. And on and on and on. If you have one, you can get the other. And that's the pursuit of happiness. We lose right. those things throughout our life. We lose purpose and we got to find it again. We lose love I- and we got to find it again. We lose respect and we got to, that's the pursuit of happiness. I've said that for years, uh, you know, of just personal, like talking to friends with relationships. I'm like people that, that, uh, let's say you're codependent. Uh, you have a friend that uh, jumps from relationship to relationship, yep. but you know them, you know them, uh, personally. Yep. And, uh, you know that when they wake up in the morning, they don't like what they see in the mirror. Absolutely. No matter how good looking, how, no matter what. And that's like your relationship isn't going to fix you. That's correct. That, that's not, you're not, you're <laughs> If you don't like who you see in the mirror in the morning, that's that's where that's that's like literally the starting True. line. And the issue so. that we're having, and this goes this goes something deeper in our country and our culture, right? And I use this when I talk about millennials often, but it goes for many people, right? A couple of things have happened recently that has affected the American psyche, and this isn't just mental health. It is mental health, but I don't always want to say mental health because, to your point earlier, Anthony, when you talk about mental health, there's a stigma. Right. The assumption is mental health means, oh, he's crazy. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying that people fall in and out of happiness, become depressed and come out. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a mental illness. There are people who do have mental illnesses, obviously. But all of us fall in and out of this happiness. And Tim, thank you so much for bringing this up. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, You're very welcome. Thank you. The piece I want to bring up here is if we try to find purpose and happiness and respect, that's not done through what has been in the past, which is – the what I, what I'll call the self-esteem movement of the 80s, right? 
they were trying, and again, this goes back to my point earlier about people who are part of a movement who are trying to do the right thing. The people who were trying to do the right thing thought if we give our kids more self-esteem, they'll have more self-pride, right? They'll ha they'll be happier, they'll find love easier, but they didn't realize that you gain self-esteem not by being told you're awesome, but by making achievements. And so we, we just told our kids that they were awesome and it wasn't real, it was fake, exactly to your point, Tim. It was fake and they looked in the mirror and said, I'm a fraud, I'm an imposter, and they were unhappy. Great well, point. I think too, and if I could interject on this, I, you know, this is this you're this is without taking. I'm not trying to take show over, <laughs> um, but uh, this is. I, I have this whole theory on this, and I it's, I don't believe it's just my theory. It's just it's it's plain. It's it's what what's obvious. You know, I grew up in a household with lots of love, but with also a fair amount of tough love. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to when you're learning how to ride a bike, you need to fall, and if you don't ever yep. learn how to fall. If you don't ever learn how to fall, you've learned nothing. Well, let me touch any, that piece. Any, you've hit it perfectly. This is the idea of building resilience into our children, right? Back in the 80s and 90s and even 2000s, we had what was called helicopter parents. These are yep. parents who would kind of hover over the children so nothing would go yep. wrong. They could protect them. So when the kid fell down, the parent immediately picked them up, picked them right yep. up. So they actually didn't learn resilience. They learned that when I fall down, I ask someone for help. Mm -hmm. That's what actually wound up happening. Now they've gone to the next step, which is the bulldozer parent. The bulldozer parent isn't a helicopter parent. They literally bulldoze all the problems in front of the kid so they never even fall down. Mm -hmm. Right? The helicopter parent would pick you up when you fell down. The bulldozer parent makes you never even fall down. This is a perfect example. This is those, those people who are paying all the extra money to get their kids into college. Yep. That's the the explosion of the bulldozer parent. I don't even want you to try to get into college. I got that covered too, right? Parents now who are going on interviews with their children. This is exactly this. My ex this. was a lawyer. This happened in law school. Absolutely, out of law school. That is, this is no joke. Yes, there was a. She went to a conference in D.C. and they talked about this with law students. People, three L's. They come out of school. They go to they go to firms in major cities, and a parent goes with them. Yes, absolutely. These, these are the bulldozers' parents. Sickening. Now to be clear, again, the, the the intention is to help, but the actual damage that's being done to the psyche oh. of the millennial is devastating. It is one of there are many reasons, but it's one of the reasons why you find so many of them who never feel like they can be an adult. There's a thing in millennial speak called adulting. It's the idea that I never feel like an adult. I have to pretend to be one. This is literally the definition of the imposter syndrome. It's literally what it is psychologically. It's a definition of it. You don't believe you're worthy. Of course you struggle to find purpose. Of course you struggle to find love. Of course you struggle to find respect. Of course you do. But here's the other piece. That hit a bunch of people who were 40 and older in 2008. Because when the crash came, the crash didn't crush young women. The crash crushed older men. They are the ones who got hit the hardest in the crash. They got destroyed the most in the crash. And there was no real recovery except in cities. Outside of cities, there's no real recovery. Still to this day, there's no real recovery, mm -hmm. right? So that's where all of a sudden now the older men got hit by that one. And that's why you see such a mass in increase in suicides there. Because now they're feeling like everything I thought was a lie. Everything I believed was true wasn't true. Now they don't feel respected anymore. Now they don't feel loved anymore. Now they don't have purpose anymore. And they're committing suicide too.
Remember, suicide, the brain doesn't want to do two things. It doesn't want to die, and it doesn't want to be embarrassed, and not always in that order. And that's often why you, you find people committing suicide. And, and would you, and I, I think that you would probably agree that, uh, you know, kind of kind of going full circle, you, you talked earlier um, about, uh, about the, you know, the parents, the bulldozers, right? Yeah, sure. And with, with that, when you do that, and what the, the damage that does to the psyche, I think the problem is, is that you have, uh, you have children that their parents, uh, you know, clear like bulldoze the path. Yep. Uh, they, they, they never, they never allow them to fall off the bike and scratch yep. their knee. Yes. Um, and then they're certainly not told to go out there and, and do it again. No, don't like ever you, do it like again. Like you and I were. Yep. Like you and I were, we, you know, my mom sprayed back teen on my knee and, and, and said, go, go ahead. You're yes, good. Absolutely. You know, uh, cause it's, the, it's cause how the I raise my okay. daughters. I raise my and, daughters that way. They go out and they go out and they fail. I let them fail. Well, and so now, now when, now when you actually have to confront real life, like real life yeah, is you actually now. can't. Yes, and, and and then and then there's new emotion that you've never had to deal with, and there's things called rejection that you've never you you don't understand. You know the word, yep, but actually dealing with it. And when someone when someone kicks you in the pants, you have to you have to pick yourself up now, and. And, and find the courage to muster on and break down another wall to or, get what you need. Or the other you thing is, no you don't always have to do it yourself, though, right? I mean, if you have the right social structure and respect and love, then your social structure can assist you in getting you back up, right? If you've got the right mom or dad or sister or brother or friend or lover or insert thing here, right? You have the friends and family or community. The, the, one of the reasons why, there are many reasons why I'm libertarian, but one of the reasons why is because every time you add government, by default, you remove community. That's how it works. As you add government, you remove community consistently. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of the parts that destroyed the black family from, from the 1970s on, right? That was one of the, there are many things that destroyed it, but that was the biggest issue. If you look at the black community from about 1920, give or take, 1920 is probably the height of racism in America. The black soldiers coming back from World War I, they want their rights, they're fighting for our country. Our answer was lynch them. So that was probably our, our, the height uh, of racism in, in the United States that, uh, since post-Civil War, obviously, post-Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when the, the KKK marched in D.C., 14,000, 15,000 KKK members marched in D.C. That was probably the height of racism. At that, even at the height of racism, if you look at every single way you would measure the black family in success, um, amount of money made, um, high school diploma, education, um, those in higher education, um, those in better jobs, uh, uh, bursts out of wedlock, any way you measure, up, 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 not hitting the white level, but up, 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 1960s, up, 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 1970s, even 80s down. What happened? The backlash from the civil rights laws was the war on drugs, which then destroyed a black family. Mm-hmm. Because the war on poverty put the government in place of the community. And the war on drugs destroyed the black entrepreneur. Yeah. Those two it's things. A, and and the funny thing in, is if in, Killer in, Mike actually welfare. Yes. Killer Mike said something. If you remember Killer Mike, he did a special on Netflix. He was talking about something very important. And what he said was he tried to go through a day in Atlanta only using black owned companies. Couldn't do it. In Atlanta. It's a very heavily black populated city. Oh. Couldn't do it. And he says and that was shocking to me, and I'm not saying it's a good idea, but I, but his point was well, really landed with me. He said, there was an advantage to segregation. And I thought, why would anyone be saying that? And he said, at least with segregation, 
You had black-owned businesses because you had to. There had to be a black-owned shoemaker because they couldn't go to the white one. Mm-hmm. There had to be a black lawyer because they couldn't go to the white one. There had to be a black diner because you couldn't go to the white one. Now, you only go to the white one. Oh, it's a franchise. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know I went full circle on this one, Tim, and I appreciate the call. No, that's, no, it's great. But it's all, the great stuff conversation. You, all the stuff you're talking about is the idea of how do we make our people happier? Happy people don't want to commit suicide. Happy people don't want to go into a church or a school and shoot people up. Happy people don't want to commit acts of violence. They don't want to. That's simply, that's just human nature. That's not me and my opinion. That's just how it works. Sure. The less happy our society is, the more violence we will perpetrate. And I also mean violence through others, meaning through government, which is why people want more government control. Note, the average person on the left and the right actually doesn't want freedom. They just want their king. Right? They don't actually want freedom. They want their king. So I'm good when my Republican king is in charge of a Republican or my Democrat king if I'm Democrat. I'm thinking, I don't want a king. I don't care what side he's on or she's on. I don't want a queen. I don't want that. Anyway, I've yapped away. Um, thank you, Tim, for the for the call. I really appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Okay. I'm sorry. I went all over, Anthony. Did you want to touch that no, at all? I'm I, sorry. I, I think it's I, you hit on all the good points. You did. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. People need to be happy, and uh, we we deny them medical help and treatment, and we stigmatize it, and it's just a vicious circle that we're caught in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And just because someone is depressed or sad or not happy doesn't necessarily mean they're mentally ill. They might be, but we shouldn't assume that that's true because once we do that, now we stigmatize the person who may just need some help. Temporary. Who just might need some temporary help, who might be in a bad spot. Life can sometimes really suck. It can really suck sometimes. Yes, it can really suck sometimes. And maybe life just for you at that time sucks. And that's it. All right, let me go on the call. I'm going back to New York if I can. And this is Craig in New York. Craig, how are you, my friend? You got to turn me down in the background. Yeah, let me turn you off. Larry, how are you? What's going on, brother? Not much. Uh, just uh, wanted to give you a call tonight. Hadn't talked to you in a while. I love it. I love you too, man. Tell me something good. I got two, two <laughs> A supporters here, one from the Bronx and one from Jersey. Um. Yeah. So, well, hello. I've met Emmanuel before. How you oh, doing? Word. What's up, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> Not much. Yeah. Next time we so, see each other um, in person, does that mean no way it was me? We were talking, as you heard, about two A, talking about happiness, talking about the NRA. Mm-hmm. We were all over the place. What were you were talking about? Well, so uh, you were just talking about kings and rulers and whatnot. Yes. Um. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Well. <laughs> no, I hate them. Yep. Um. <laughs> not a fan at all. My question was, um, I don't know if you guys have talked on the, the big 2A rally down in Virginia or not, but um, it seemed like that didn't really do too much. They said, ha, that's cute. Uh, we're still going to take your guns. So um, that was my question is, are the rulers just going to keep doing that? Is it's it really question, worth right? trying to show solidarity? Does, d- does and this is a great question. I was teasing, and this is a, a similar issue. Maybe you can touch both of them. The other issue is, I don't know if you guys know, but downtown Wall Street, there is actually a protest going down there. There's a union guys angry about something. They've been protesting for like a month, and it's loud, and it's banging, and it just keeps going on, and it makes tourists unhappy, and it does nothing. 
Mm-hmm. And we had Occupy Wall Street down for, what was it, months we had down there? Yeah, well, and almost did, a year and a half. Yeah, maybe was, yeah, right, and did nothing. I saw it. I would go down there and support local businesses because I knew they were getting hammered. So I literally would go down there, and I would, I'd be in Midtown, and I'd go downtown to have lunch on purpose to give some local places my, my, my dollars I was going to spend. So I would do it, and it was doing nothing. I remember all the people protesting Donald Trump with, with the pink pussy hats on. <laughs> Nothing, right? Remember that, right? Yeah, of course. I remember, I remember we promote we we, uh, we feminists. Yes, we we got mad at the uh, at the Iraq War, right? Remember we were protesting Iraq War, millions of people protesting the Iraq War. We were still in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Are we wasting our time with two A protest, Anthony? Well, Are we wasting know, our time or not? I'm a big I'm a big advocate of unity and activism. Okay, and to get a bunch of like minded people together to to recharge their batteries and energize the troops, I think it helps. Now, mm-hmm. the NRA spent a lot lobbying, Craig, and the twenty thousand to thirty thousand people showed up at the rallies, and lo and behold, about seven or eight anti gun bills. Four Democrats crossed party lines, and they squashed them, so they didn't go to Governor Northam's desk to be signed. So it could be the rally, it could be the lobbying, it could be a combination, but it could also be a warning to our elected masters that, you know, the the uh, the unwashed masses are getting a little aggravated and you keep pushing us. And, you know, you might see civil disobedience at rallies too. I'm not advocating for that, but you can only push people so far uh, before they feel like something has to be ramped up or something has to be done. Hmm. Along the lines of the boogaloo, I I worry <laughs> that my, my you know you've hit the point which which I think we don't do well enough right and this is the point that I want to bring up Craig I think protests are great but they're not enough right that's the issue I think many people think oh I'm gonna go on the street I'm gonna wave my sign I'm done <laughs> right I've waved Correct. my sign I'm done right mm-hmm. so I've now done all I need to do I'm not gonna home and watch magic happen and I think they the, have to listen to me I had a sign and so of course yeah. so I listen. why why wasn't there 400,000 people at that rally they estimate that there's three million gun owners in Virginia mm-hmm. so what if three million people showed up and closed the entire city and state house down for the day the problem is too because of apathy and armchair mm-hmm. activism yes. well I liked your post on Facebook and I shared it so now I did my part I'm done. mom is my meatloaf sandwich ready yet <laughs> I love that okay three million people at the state house and shut everything down maybe we would have seen some different results yeah. why only 20 to thirty thousand? yeah i think and i think some people are thinking the way i think which is another rally really right what's gonna happen i think the answer craig and i i think we saw it in my campaign in 2018 we had some good rallies but the rallies aren't enough right mm-hmm. we've got to have a rally and we've got to people vote and we've got to have facebook posts exactly. and right we've got to have every single exactly. thing all of them right all of it all facebook's the time facebook's nice but it's not enough nope yeah. right a no. rally's nice it's not enough we have to have all of those things but there's something else that we have to have i think we have to have consistency in the rallies and something else which is going to sound so dumb again but i think it really matters you've got to have a popular leader say something. Yes. I mean, and doesn't that make any sense? Literally, Kim Kardashian did more for criminal justice reform than Obama did. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, Kim Kardashian did. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, she did. And she's not some awesome, amazing lawyer from whatever, Harvard. 
She's someone who's popular and said, I want to fix something. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I think there's the next piece, right? You have to have someone there who the press cares about. I think in our small world, Craig, I think we saw that when I would show up to an event that was a press event and the press would come because, ooh, the gubernatorial candidate showing up when the local ooh, guy, they would guy. care. Yeah. They mm -hmm. would go, oh, is that guy? I remember that guy. Let's let's go write yeah. an article or take a picture of him or something, right? Mm -hmm. And again, it was minor, yeah. but that was the difference between nobody showing up and 50 people showing up mm -hmm. or no mm -hmm. press or a small you know, press locally, right? And I think it does matter. We have to add that piece. Can, can I... Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go, go ahead. No, I was going to say, if, no, I, if I could add to what Larry said when he talked about the popular people showing up to these rallies and all that, I'll give you some great examples. Laura Loomer, who's running for a Congress down in Florida, she started her own one-woman protest against Twitter because mm -hmm. they banned her on Twitter. So that that right there, it started her alone, and then more groups started coming in. Mm -hmm. You take um, Tony Simon, Anthony Calandro, Sean with the diversity shoot. In the beginning, all of these uh, um, events or rallies, protests, whatever, they're going to start small. But as long as these people with notoriety continue to, to participate in it, it's only going to grow. Um Another one, another one running in Florida, actually, um, Anna Paulina. Mm -hmm. She's breaking the stigma about women, you know, being afraid of firearms and um, only mm -hmm. ugly beauties in the eye of the beholder. Not, right. not to disrespect anybody, but she's an attractive woman and she breaks <laughs> that stigma. Oh, sure. you know, you, you could be a pretty girl and still be willing to defend yourself and mm -hmm. still instead of being the damsel in distress. Julio Pabon educating the, sure. the Puerto Rican and black community in the Bronx. Right. Hey, guys, you know, the Jones Act harms Puerto Rico and the United States. I agree. I agree. So, oh, good. Craig, was that good? Yeah, no, I uh, I, I think it's easy to get discouraged because you see that stuff. Yes. And they're not listening. No. Nope. It's like, you're not listening. You're going to make me do something. Not that I would do it. <laughs> yes. 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 I, I mean, I would never do it. No, uh, it's just like, yeah, they're not listening. And at what point are they going to listen? Like, it's just like, hey, it's, hey, it, you know, it, we're not just talking out our ass here. It's not just infantry. It's infantry, tanks, airplanes. It's mm -hmm. everything. It's, you know, naval assault. It's everything. We need it all. So. Exactly. Multifaceted, so, multi-pronged yeah. attack. Absolutely. It's going to go from grassroots rallies, protests to the ballot box. Well, look, I, I know people in Hong Kong right now wish they had some guns. God, if, God if bless. voting was God effective, bless. they wouldn't let us do it. There God go. bless. All right. Thank you so much, Craig. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. All right. Have a good one. All right. I'm heading back Bye. to uh, Pennsylvania. I'm hoping that this is... Is this Mike from the Unknown or whatever it is? It's Mike from Pennsylvania. Mike, how are you, sir? Good, good. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. What's going on? So um, I, I wanted to... Uh, I, I've been a big fan of Anthony. I've been following his page. And, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I like a lot of what he does. Um, here's my question. Um, I, I'm a former Marine. I, I you know, Semper I'm a huge brother. supporter. Of the Thank you. Uh, Semper Fi. Um, you know, I, I took an oath to the constitution of the United States mm -hmm. and to support and defend the constitution. Yep. Now, when I, when I see cops in states like, uh, New York and New Jersey, California, enforcing these unconstitutional laws yep. and then, it really puzzles me because a lot of the Second Amendment community, they, they back the blue and they back law enforcement. Um, I, I don't understand how people could back 
the, the very same people that are tasked with enforcing and taking away our freedoms. You know, it I, is I a really great, that, that is Thank an amazingly you. great question. Let me cover a couple pieces if I could. The first thing, I love what you said, the oath that you and I took was to defend the Constitution. That, by the way, is the same oath the president takes, the same oath the governor takes. And somehow in America, we've changed that to the number one issue they have to do is keep us all safe. That's not true. That's not the oath they took. How it's supposed to work, it doesn't work, but how it's supposed to work is the the executive, whether that is the governor, the president, or the mayor, the executive with his armed forces, whether it's the police force, state police force, the Marine Corps, the Army, defends the Constitution. The Constitution defends our rights, and we defend ourselves. That's how it's supposed to work. It doesn't. We've changed it to somehow... All they have to do is keep us safe, so take all our rights so that we can be safe. I completely agree with you on that. There's a second piece. I had Adam Nutter on the on the program about, I think, two shows ago? I think it was two shows ago. And he's a former NYPD cop. And I asked him, you know, how could you do the war on drugs? And didn't you say anything? Didn't you care? And you know what he told me? I don't know if you saw that show. But he said, the system is against you. There's no way of doing it. If you say something, fire. All, they don't, no, they can't fire you. He said that. Oh. He said, they literally make your life hell. He wow. said they threatened him. He lived on Staten Island, worked on Staten Island. They were going to ship him to the Bronx. Mm. Now you got an hour and a half commute one way every day. You can't see your family. You're already a cop. They make your life horrible. And nothing changes. So it's a police force situation to where they're not trained effectively. And because of our laws, we now have cops who are literally going against their oath. We've put them in this position to go against their oath. I'm with you. I think we have to change everything. The entire system has to change. Police did reform. you, Mike, thank you for your support, by the way. Did you see what they just did in Virginia? All the sheriffs came out saying they were not going to enforce any of these unconstitutional laws. Mm -hmm. So the state house had right. a vote last week, and they denied the sheriffs a raise for the next three years. Yes, wow. they punished them. Yes. Okay, so you see what's happening here. Wow. So these cops have wives and kids and families, and I understand they took an oath, but like Larry said, they're worrying about their commute. Are they going to be on a traffic detail at 3 o'clock in the morning? And most of these police whisper under their breath full support of us. But they can't come out and say it. Once they make chief or so, then it's a political job. Then they're all anti-gun. They all fall under the same premise, I, I, which, which here's, behooves Here's my me. problem with that. Here's my problem with that. You see, the, the very same people that threw the Jews onto the boxcars and trains and some of the gas chambers, they were just doing their job. Correct. People mm -hmm. keep making these excuses for, for law enforcement. I agree. Somebody things. has to take and a stand. I thank agree. Thank you for seeing that. I, yeah, I'm with you 100%. I, I, I think we have to. The, the issue is what I don't want to do, right? And look, if there were not, if I was there with the Nazis, right, and, and they're putting Jews on the train, what I'm not going to do is go, tell you, Nazi, because then I'm going to train with them, yeah. right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to convince each individual soldier, each individual Nazi, to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. That will take time. And I've got to get other people to agree with me and then get the laws to change too. This is a multifaceted piece. Now, I know I'd be angry at a cop. And the people that I'm often angry at most are district attorneys. District attorneys are some of the worst. They are people who ruin people's lives on a daily basis. And that's what they do for a living. And they're the ones who often, which I found out from another guest I had about a month ago on here, they're very often the people who set the tone for the entire police force. 
if the DA is not going to be, you know, enforcing these laws, then the cops don't arrest. Mm-hmm. The cops arrest whoever the DA will prosecute. Are we able to So the vote? DA says, we are, which is why I wanted Tiffany Caban to be uh, my DA in Queens. Because Tiffany Gabon was actually very good when it came to, and she's Democrat, but she's very good when it came good when it came to um, to ju- criminal justice reform. Yeah. She was very she's right on line with us, mm-hmm. right? If we have the right DAs, we have the right DAs. The cops will they will abide. They're not going to arrest people that that the DA is not going to prosecute. So this goes back to the idea of the rallies we talked about. It's not good enough to get mad at cops. You can get mad at cops if you want to, particularly the bad ones. You can t- you can try to fix it. Of course you can. And, and, not only that, and let's get the right DAs in and get mad at them, and let's get people around them to tell them that they're wrong. If you have people who are just doing, and this is the problem that I have, I have two problems with cops. Number one, when there are bad cops, you can't get a good cop to say it. You can't get a good cop to say it, right? Mm -hmm. If there's a bad doctor, another doctor will go, yeah, that's a bad doctor. Mm -hmm. I'm a good doctor, that's a bad doctor. Mm -hmm. If you get a bad lawyer, I'm a good lawyer, that's a bad lawyer. Bad cop, nothing. It's that whole thin blue line nonsense. I, I wish you'd have more cops to go, yeah, that guy's a bad mm-hmm. cop. That guy's a bad cop. But I'll give you something crazy that you can actually fix this with an actual answer. You ready for this, Mike? You ready? Yep. Ha- have cops hold their own insurance like any other profession. That's it. Yes. Like, a, like a doctor, like a lawyer, they hold their own insurance. And if you can't get insurance, then you can't be a cop. Which means if you start shooting people, doing bad stuff, hurting people, you get sued. You're you can't you can't become a cop because you're a bad cop. It'll make better cops. Now you might say, well, unions won't want it. Let the unions carry the insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Let let the unions be part of the insurance. Mm-hmm. It's fine. They can run. They can run insurance as part of their, their 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 union dues. Who cares? So unions can be on board. You do that. That'll make the cops be able to say, no, no, no. I can be a good cop. I don't have to worry about that because the bad cops are going to get weeded out and booted. Yeah. You can do that. But I'm with you, Mike. It is the cops are a problem too. A hundred percent yes. But again, it isn't and, just them. And I just I just want to make this clear. I'm I'm not one hundred percent anti cop. Neither am I. My father my was one. Is, my problem is the cops that don't uphold their oath. For exactly. instance, I live in Pennsylvania. If I if I cross an imaginary line into New Jersey with my firearms and get pulled over in New Jersey. I could lose my freedom. Like what, yep. what happened to that girl? It's yes. happened many times. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. But I, th- but I think what Anthony's saying is also happening in Western New York. Part of when I was, you know, running for governor, I was talking about the idea of non-enforcement, and it's already happening in parts of Western New York. We have a bunch of sheriffs in Western New York also saying the same thing. Yeah, near Canada. But why sheriffs are not police force? Because sheriffs are elected. Yeah. And that's my point. Sheriffs are elected. Only the people are saying we don't want it. And they feel safe they can get elected doing it, so they're doing it. We have to have the same thing as DAs, because guess what? DAs are elected. Mm-hmm. Cops aren't. There are people you can affect, the DAs and the sheriffs. If you make them better, the cops will fall right in line. Yes. What I can tell you is you're right, Anthony. Most of these cops don't want to do it, but they will. Yes, they will. But they don't want to. I so think- if you change those two pieces... You can change the cops. You know, Virginia, you're going to see a, a 
a recoil effect because you're not giving these sheriffs raises now. Do the legislators think they're just going to fall in line? I don't think so. They think that, but they're I wrong. Don't think they're, I think they're going to double down. Yep, absolutely. And we're going to so. see all of a sudden the arrest rates are going to go down. Yep. Enforcement rates are going to go down. So, Mike, maybe that's one way of absolutely. winning them over. Absolutely. And Mike. we have the technology now so we can spread the message. Yeah. Mike, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it, brother. No problem. Thanks. All righty. Have a good night. All right. Please, Anthony, tell us, what do you want to know before we go? Tell us what people want to know. Well, when it comes to firearms, anybody out there who shoots a gun, we tell everybody, each one, reach one. Mm -hmm. Take somebody who's never shot a gun before. Bring them to a modern, clean range, like my range, but wherever you live, New no, York No, no. Give us your, give us your range. It's gunforhire.com. There we but go. take a few people that have never shot before introduce them, show them the way, show them what it's like, and maybe win them over, or like I say, make them neutral to our cause. There we go. It's very, very important. Unity and activism is key. Yes. Be passionate. Don't be afraid to take a stand. If you have a job like a school teacher or something, and you can't come out publicly like Larry Sharp or Anthony Calandro, you have us to support you okay mm -hmm. but you need to support us spread the word get the word out there because that's what's going to win in the long run we with the targets on our back will keep fighting for you i'm not stopping i'm not moving out of new jersey i like 24-hour diners there we go i love yeah. it guys i want to say thank you so much for joining me this time on the sharp way and i will see you all next week right here on the sharp way